Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, we got trouble in paradise, baby. Trouble in paradise for one NFL team. We'll tell you who that is coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. You can always find the show on the iHeartRadio app as well and on all of our great Fox Sports Radio affiliates. Wherever you are right now, hope you're enjoying the disgusting Black Friday traffic the lines packed in malls, supermarkets, and anywhere else that sells merchandise. Have fun with that, and let's kick some ass for three hours here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, we will keep you up to date on everything going on with Miami and Pitt, as Miami, trying to hold on to their number two ranking in the country, is down by 10 at Pitt, fourth quarter, under nine minutes to go. We'll keep you posted on all of that uh, as that game progresses. But the big story, and um, one of the big stories... Out of the NFL, because obviously you had the Thanksgiving Day 
festivities. You had the three games going on. And and people, you know, I always talk about this. Like, when games are in a standalone environment, when it's primetime or it's a holiday and everybody's watching, stuff can get blown out of proportion. All right? Stuff can, stuff can reach a state of panic. And it's why I always say a couple of years ago when Chip Kelly got fired by the Philadelphia Eagles, part of the reason I think he got fired is because the last game that he was coach of the Eagles was a Saturday night primetime game, and Philadelphia fans were embarrassed, and Philadelphia ownership was embarrassed, and that's why everybody was so ready to run Chip Kelly out of town. So when you get these standalone games and you're not a very good team, it kind of showcases all your flaws, how bad you are to every everybody else that maybe hasn't had an opportunity to see it. One of those teams that people are starting to get a little bit of an idea that maybe they're not the team we thought they were, maybe they're going to struggle again, maybe this team, I don't know, kind of stinks, is the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are a complete and total mess. All right. They are a mess. They are nothing like what they were a year ago. And it's why I when when I was, you know, I, talking about the Cowboys, I always I, I look at this. It's like a law of averages thing. So a couple of years ago they were a four win team. Last year they were a thirteen win team. So they're probably not as bad as a four win team, but they're definitely not as good as a thirteen win team. So you kind of split the middle. You you split it right down the middle. Probably about an eight win team. It's probably what we're talking about here. But because it's the Cowboys and there was so much hype and so much buzz and everybody was into it, people thought, oh, yeah, this is this is it. Dallas is going to do it. This is our team. Dallas is back, folks. The Cowboys are back. It's been so long. We finally got our Dallas Cowboys back. Unfortunately, the reality is you're still probably an 8 or a 9-win team. You are not that 13-win team you were a year ago. And that played out on a national stage in front of everybody. If you think that national stages, that where it happens and not what happens matters, if you think that that stuff is all made up, that it doesn't, you know, it, it wouldn't have mattered, Dallas was struggling, so, so the, the uh, events that took place after the game would have happened normally, you are crazy. Here's the proof of why primetime games, standalone games, and being showcased to a national audience matters. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, after the game, went into the locker room to talk to his team. Here was Jerry Jones talking with the media following the loss. Is the coaching position being evaluated? No. Just no. And uh, again, I don't step out of the dressing room and evaluate coaching position at all, candidly. I don't even want to say it so that somebody might be absolutely not. Teams have lost their best, uh, their their better players before, and so uh, uh, that that can you can say that's a part of the game. But uh, uh, you know, uh, we we certainly uh, didn't think on its own merits that uh, uh, Zeke should be suspended, but. Uh, you know, I can't say that, that that because we lost three games is why we fought so hard. I just uh, uh, we did what we could do to, to uh, just keep him out there. He's another part of the team. Now, here's the thing. So that was Jerry Jones after the game uh, talking with media after going to the locker room after his team lost. Here's the thing. Jerry Jones is not going to fire Jason Garrett. It's not happening. He's too loyal. 
if he was going to fire Jason Garrett, he would have done it before last year when Jason Garrett was basically an average NFL coach. Jason Garrett's got two winning seasons his entire time in Dallas. So this wouldn't be the year that Jerry Jones would go and fire Jason Garrett. But it just goes to show you that that is the state of panic and that is the reality of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, like, it's one thing, if you go to the doctor and you're, you're in the waiting room and the nurse, or and, and you're, while you're waiting for the doctor, the nurse comes in, that's one thing. But if the doctor comes in and he's got a bunch of folders in his hand and it's all your information, that's another thing. Jerry Jones is the doctor, okay? Jason Garrett's the nurse. When Jason Garrett comes in, all right, coach, we know, yeah, we got to do this, got to play harder. When Jerry Jones walks in, that ought to show you the state of affairs for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, think about it. When you go back to work, if you're not working today, if you're not working uh, this weekend, and you go back into work on Monday, if you have a bad couple of days at work, if you're in sales and say you don't hit your quota a couple of months in a row, whatever the case may be, whatever you do for work, construction, whatever. If your manager pulls you aside to have a conversation, that's one thing. But when the owner walks in and pulls you aside to have a conversation, that's a completely another issue altogether. Uh And that is where the Dallas Cowboys are at right now. Like anything you have you ever questioned whether or not teams panic in front of uh, on, on a big stage, whether or not teams worry about what the national narrative is on them, that is your example. That is exhibit A of yes they do, yes they hear it, it's a big deal. There's your proof. Like owners don't normally go into the NFL locker rooms after games, but because it happened on a national stage. Jerry Jones felt the need to step in there and say, "All right, yeah, we got to, uh, yeah, we got to figure this whole thing out." Uh, so what's going on here? You know, let, let me let me go ahead and and take the temperature of the room with my Dallas Cowboys. It's a bad situation, and I feel like an idiot because everything spoke to me this off season that this was going to be a step back for the Dallas Cowboys. Everything spoke to me. Uh, uh, the the you know quality of opponents they're going to play. They go from a last-place schedule to a first-place schedule. Second time, NFL defense is seeing Dak Prescott, the Ezekiel Elliott mess, the Tony Romo drama, offensive line, you lose Ronald Leary, you're banged up on the offensive line. Like Everything spoke to me in the offseason. Everything told me, yeah, this team's probably going to struggle. Like, like they're, they're going to struggle. Like just, just look, it doesn't make sense. Like, Dallas got a lot of fortunate breaks last year. A lot went Dallas's way. Ten of their 13 wins a year ago were against non-playoff teams. Like, like, like anything that could go some team's way went the way of the Dallas Cowboys. You can't rely on that stuff again. That stuff, that, that stuff doesn't carry over. And so here we are. Dallas is at Thanksgiving. They're embarrassed again. The offense looks bad. And Jerry Jones goes in the locker room to speak to the team. So I don't think he's going to fire Jason Garrett. I don't think there's going to be this massive overhaul. I, I, I think that's that's the should be the least of Cowboys fans' concerns. But it is it is a a telling moment when Jerry Jones takes time out of his day to go into that locker room to make sure that he's talking with the team. I mean, that is a hands-on approach. That, that's not the nurse walking in. That's the doctor walking in. They're, they're done. Dallas is done. And I know, and, and Tony Romo, and listen, 
he, he pretty good broadcaster, gotten a lot better, got out of the business of calling plays. But Tony Romo's talking, trying to, you know, give some hope to Cowboy fans yesterday. So, oh, if they win three straight, they're done. They're done. Win three straight games, it's over. Dallas is done for this season. You got to get back. There's a lot of things wrong with the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody acknowledges that. You've got to get back to reality if you're a Cowboy fan. And this is this is what your team is. All right? The 13-3, and three, that's why you got to close when you have the opportunity. That's why when when something is handed to you, all the, uh, the fortunate bounces, everything going your way, you're the Dallas Cowboys. You're a 13-win team. Oh, and by the way, you're hosting a playoff game against Green Bay. That's why you have to close the deal. Because you can never rely on it, especially in the NFL, that it's going to happen again. We've seen it too many times over and over and over again. Teams in the NFL get on the doorstep of having a really great year or a really special season, and they don't close the door. Like, you just can't rely on that. And that's why, like, fans sometimes take it for granted in sports. Like, we're out here in L.A., and we're on right now AM570 LA Sports, and it's the home of the Dodgers. And that's our flagship, our, our, the local station here in L.A. And there are Dodger fans that are listening right now in L.A. that know exactly what I'm talking about. Because for how many years in a row the Dodgers said, ah, it's all right, we'll be back next year. And you know what? They usually get back to the playoffs next year. They finally get an opportunity in the World Series. They get it to a Game 7. It's a Game 7 at home, and they lose. Like, you, you can't expect you're going to have those opportunities again. So if you're a Cowboy fan, if you're a Dodger fan, if you're, like, that's, that's the way this goes. That's how it is. So that, that, that tells me everything I need to know about the Dallas Cowboys, the situation they're in. Jerry Jones going into the locker room. It is a state of panic there. And the fact of the matter is Dallas is done. Last year might have been a bit of an anomaly. So if you're going to do a law of averages approach to this, you're not the four-win team you were a couple of years ago, and you're definitely not the 13-win team you were last year. You're probably right down the middle, an eight- or a nine-win team. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. Uh, you can also uh, listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app as well. Uh, coming up next, we have got a major story developing in the world of football. It is a major story And there are a lot of angry people. Should this go down, there's going to be a lot of angry people. You might even be included. That's next year on FSR. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. We have got a major development in the world of football. This is a major, major storyline happening in the world of football, and it is terrible news. Absolutely horrendous, horrific, terrible news. And we will get that to you here uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes. Um Cowboy fans are in mourning. They are they are traumatized by what they watched. Thanksgiving was not fun. Your owner's in a, pan, a state of panic, going in, talking to the team. Nobody's got an answer. Your offense is dreadful. Everybody ripping and piling on Dak Prescott. It's all right. It's okay. That's the good thing. If your team stinks and you get pistol whipped on Thanksgiving in front of a national audience, the cool thing is you wake up the next morning and you can get a blender for four bucks. That's the cool thing. So just relax. Go to Best Buy or someplace, uh, wait in line, uh, you know, you know, get your goods for Christmas, get it out of the way, and just forget about football for a little. But listen to this show because those ratings help me, and, uh, and they, uh, they increase my audience. So make sure you keep listening to this show because it helps me. And this really, we're just here to serve me. Um, all right, so a, uh, a bad situation is going on in the world of football. 
So there are certain teams that are really good for business. The Cowboys are one of them. We've talked a lot about the the, uh, Dallas Cowboys. The Green Bay Packers are one of them. The Pittsburgh Steelers are one of them. Like, you know, the NFL teams, when these teams are good, it's really good for business. And it, it that translates over to all other all other sports. Like it's it's a big deal in all other sports. So like in the NBA, nobody wants the Celtics and the Lakers and the Sixers and the Bulls to be good again more than the NBA because it's good for business. Same with baseball. Like in Major League Baseball, do you think that people were pleased? with the idea of Houston playing L.A. in the World Series, what they wanted was New York. They'll take Houston because they're a fun team, exciting to watch, and the best team in, in baseball. But big markets, name brands, all of it is good for business. And in college football, you know who those name brands, big teams are, that are good for business. And a lot of them go back to the heyday. So when a team has a track record of success, they generate a global appeal, a national appeal, and people want to watch this team over and over again. One of those teams that has disappeared and vanished from the national conversation is Miami. Miami was fun. They were reckless. They were wild. All the stories, the fights, the cockiness, the charisma, all that stuff. Miami was perfect for college football. They were the rebels of college football, and it was good for business. And so Miami disappeared for a long time. Well, Miami's back. They're undefeated. They're number two in the country. They're also down by 10 with a little over two minutes to go at Pitt in a game they need to win to stay in the conversation and try and win a national title. There's a review on the field. Miami on an onside kick, questioning whether or not they recovered it and whether or not it went out of bounds. But Miami, they lose this game and it's all over. And this is not good news for a lot of people who cover college football, a lot of people who have interest in the sport, and also the casual fan. Because there's there's a segment of the population who maybe remembers Miami being good. And if Miami's out there and they've got the turnover chain and Miami's a, a good program again, that, that's a good storyline. That's good for business. That's good for a lot of people involved. If Miami loses this game and they are challenging right now the ruling on the field of a recover of an onside kick, if Miami loses this game, it's all over. Like, don't kid yourself. They, like, people have biases when it comes to this stuff. Like, the college football playoff committee would prefer to have Miami in over, say, a team like Wisconsin. And that's not to, that's not to, to diminish Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a great team. And the Big Ten's a really fun conference. But which one plays to a national audience more? Which one would generate the most interest? And it would be Miami over a team like Wisconsin. So Miami has recovered the onside kick. Now they're down 10 with the ball approaching midfield trying to make a comeback. And everybody around college football, all the, all the officials, the playoff committee, all of those guys are rooting for a Miami Hurricane comeback. Uh, there's now been a deep pass attempt uh, that is incomplete, but uh, not looking good right now for Miami. Uh, coming up on a third down, down by 10, 24-14, Pitt leading Miami in the fourth quarter at home as Miami is trying to save their season. I mean, 
Here's like the, the funny thing about the college football playoff show. So what the idea when they put it out, I don't know if college football meant to do it. I think they unintentionally stumbled upon gold because the idea that every single week you've got a TV show to determine who's the best. I mean, it, it's like uh, American Idol. It's a, they, they basically stole the concept from everything we watch. What is it? Uh, uh, Dancing with the Stars, all those shows. Like every single week, college football has a TV show to determine who's the best. And the conversations that come from it and the debate that goes back and forth, there are no more sensitive fans in the world of sports and college football fans. They're insane. I lived in the South. I worked in the South. I covered college football in the South. They're insane. In- insane. Like college football fans are nuts. So when you've got a couple of strangers on television debating whether or not your team is one of the best, like, th- like nothing drives more attention every single week to college football, like the college football playoff show. And so when you had this outrage that took place earlier this week where you had people getting upset because Miami was moved from three to two, and you had these arguments go back and forth. Well, hold on a second. So uh, so Clemson's being docked points because they played the Citadel? Miami was trailing Virginia. Like, there's no right or wrong. It's like politics. You can argue back and forth on politics. Nobody's right or wrong. You're still going to have your opinion. It's the way it goes. But the college football playoff committee figured it out way before you did. It's a TV show. I mean, it's, 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 it's like they already know how this is going to end. Miami's playing Clemson in the ACC title game. The winner of that is going to the college football playoff, most likely. They're not, unless something fluky happens, they're not both going in when one team loses. So the college football playoff committee realized they had that coming up down the road, so why not drag it out a little bit more? Why not mess around with it? Oh, okay, Miami, we'll move them up to two. It doesn't matter. Like, Miami could be one, and it wouldn't matter if Clemson's four. None of that stuff matters. It's a TV show. But people get worked up about it, and that's why it's a brilliant concept that was put together by college football, by ESPN, by whoever came up with the idea of, hey, every single week, let's determine who the best teams are, and we make you watch, and you get pissed off about it. Like, it's brilliant. And now Miami, it looks like, has turned the ball over. Yeah, this game's over. Yeah, so Miami's probably going to lose. They are down 10 to uh, Pittsburgh, Pitt has recovered the fumble, and so uh, there goes that. So now everybody getting worked up because Miami was moved up a point, and Clemson fans had had a red ass because they felt like Miami uh, was, was being, uh, they were playing favorites with Miami. It doesn't matter. Like the college football playoff committee knew that eventually these, the Clemson and Miami were going to play, one of them was going to lose. Like it didn't matter at all. If you know if you know the ending to a TV show, why not do something weird in episode four? Why not? Mess around a little bit. You already know it's going to end. Who cares? Get people interested. Have some fun with it. Kill off a character if you need to. Why not? Like, what does it matter? You already know it's going to end. And that's where college fo- the playoff committee was at. Why not? We'll move, mess around with some stuff. We'll move Miami up to two. We'll reward them for playing Virginia, and we'll dock points to Clemson for playing the Citadel. So the Clemson's fan can now react uh, negatively towards Alabama fans because Alabama played Mercer. Like, they know how this stuff works. It's fun. It's good television. 
Although there is a very pissed off segment of the college football population, uh, the people in charge of college football are not happy. The networks, Miami is about to lose. Pitt is kneeling down with a 24 to 14 lead over the Miami Hurricanes. Under a minute and a half to go in the game. That is not good, man. <laughs> that is not good. And now the uh, conversation going on social media is, yeah, well, Miami could still get in if stop. The only way Miami's getting into the college football playoff is if a meteor took out the other seven or eight teams in the conversation. It's not happening. So Pitt is uh, kneeling down. This game's over, and Pitt will take care of Miami 24-14 to at home. Miami will drop out of the college football playoff standings. Uh, man. And, and here's the other part, too. This game could be in prime time. Unfortunately, the only people watching this are dads pissed off that they have to be at the mall shopping, and they're sitting in a sports bar having their 15th daiquiri and chasing it with a shot, a shot of uh, rum and Coke and, and whatever else they can get their hands on. What a mess, man. Ugh. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app as well. Uh, here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Up next, we are going to find out. So this is this is a bad situation in the world of sports, right? This is very, very bad for the Miami Hurricanes, very bad for a lot of people that are interested in college football from a national standpoint. But, but, there is some really good news on the horizon. Really good news. Find out if that really good news is regarding your favorite team coming up next here on FSR. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, look at that. David Gascon. Yeah. What's up, man? It's good to be here. What's happening, Gas, man? Not much. It's just us two today. I mean, we don't have any editors, no board op, no producer. I'm happy to be here, though. Yeah, there's enough room under the blanket. Yeah. Got plenty of room. Yeah. Daytime, though. Nice to see you during those hours. Uh Man, what an upset today. Number two, Miami and Pitt going at it. Pickett under center on fourth down. Fakes a handoff. He's going to run for the first Uh down. He's at the 15-10. He's at the five. Dive for the pylon. And the Packers score a touchdown. Kenny Pickett faked out. 11 players on the defense. An entire coaching staff. And everybody in this stadium. Is that the Steelers play-by-play guy? Yeah. Oh, he does Pitt and he does the Steelers? Yeah. Oh, he's like, he's like a Gene Deckeroff. I don't know who the color commentator was, though. It was. Well, I don't know why race matters. I mean, why, why does that? Why does well, that sound like he was a little excited. I don't know what he was sitting on. I mean, you bring up color. Like, I don't know why. Why well, does this? I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, I, Can we I, just do a professional broadcast I, here? I'm it's trying funny. to. I think it's a black and white conversation we're oh trying to God. have here. And again, you go back to the race. Like, this is unbelievable. I don't need this, man. Number two, Miami, no more undefeated. Ten and one now in the year. They get beat by a four and seven pit team. Twenty-four to fourteen is the final ball game that's going to end here in about twenty seconds. TCU and uh, one and ten Baylor. First down and goal here at the three yard line. Snap comes back here. Kenny hands it off. No, he keeps it. And Kenny's going to score from three yards out. Kenny Hill scores with the Horn Frogs now. Starting to spread it out on Baylor. 41-22. Oh, they spread <laughs> it out. All right. Hold on a second. <laughs> TCU scores and they play, oh, oh. Like, what the hell Texas song is that? <laughs> like, what is that? What is everybody on ecstasy? <laughs> what is this? In the middle of the day, right? <laughs> like, I, I figured it'd be like some country western song or something. Like Garth Brooks. Instead, they're playing so much, some trance song and throwing glow sticks in the air. 
the hell is that? A little fire you up. Man. <laughs> oh, my God. They just closed out Baylor, who finishes the year 1-11. and 11. Kenny Hill, 325 yards passing, three TDs. He also had nine carries for 20 yards and one score. 45-22 to 22 was the final in that ball game. You care much about Maction at all? You like to watch Mac on Tuesdays and Wednesdays? Only if I can gamble on it. Oh, is my mic on? (laughs) Central Michigan just beat Northern Illinois 31-24. Ohio and Buffalo are tied at 24 apiece. Uh, One note in the NBA real quick. Cavaliers guard Derrick Rose has left the team and is seriously reevaluating his future in the league itself. According to league sources to ESPN, Rose has been frustrated with nagging injuries that have prevented him from playing. So... Hmm. Stay tuned on all that, right? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that was like five it, years ago. Here's the thing. I would drop a reference about the uh, uh, Derek Rose uh, case. There was a, there was a No, listen, it, was not, it had nothing to do with race. I don't need the, the accusations hurt. All right. <laughs> uh, but I would drop a reference to a Derek, Co- Derek Rose case in which him and some friends were involved in something. But I just oh. realized it's not weekend overnights oh. when I normally do shows. Right. And that's safe harbor hours. There is a there is an audience that, that is not ready for that sort of uh, potent material. Well, I beg your pardon. We're, we're in Los Angeles right now. The folks on KLAC can handle it. Um, Yeah, st- I still like my job a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and stay away from that. <laughs> but I will be addressing that coming up later on in the, in the wee hours of early mornings here on Fox Sports Radio. All right. Fair enough. Uh, thanks, Dave. Jonas Knox, uh, Fox Sports Radio. Um, you can also find the show on the iHeartRadio app. Pete Futek, college football news, the best in the business with us now on Fox Sports Radio. Pete, thanks so much for the time. Let me just you can either you can either revive them or you can rip their beating heart out of their chest. Miami gets into the college football playoff. How? First of all, let's establish something. Fort Worth, Texas is ground zero of the rave culture. Okay, and so it is. You- all right. So, so you know this, obviously. But yeah, they're in. You know, it's it's actually not that huge a deal for Miami. They beat Clemson. They're eleven and one. They're ACC champions. They're in. They all this talk about well, they could have lost the ACC championship, and so no. If they have to beat the this year, you pretty much are going to have to win your conference championship to get into the college football playoff, unless you're maybe Alabama. Everyone else has to win. So. This stinks. It, it doesn't look good. Uh, but if you're Miami, maybe it's a wake-up call. It's, what it does is it eliminates the idea that you're going to get two ACC t- uh, teams in. So it helps out the, you know, the potential Alabamas of the world. Maybe it helps out a two-loss TCU if it beats Oklahoma. It maybe helps out Ohio State if it wins. Uh, well, if it rocks uh, Michigan and destroys Wisconsin. Uh, all of a sudden, it helps out a whole bunch of other teams. But for Miami itself – it doesn't hurt that much. And now the crazy part is if South Carolina upsets Clemson tomorrow, we could go from talking about the possibility of two ACC teams being in to no ACC teams being in if Clemson beats Miami in the ACC championship then. So you, because my understanding, like I was thinking that this was a wrap for Miami, that even, even like say they beat Clemson, like what would they need to happen? Like if you're a Miami fan or you're just a college football fan and you want to see a big team from, from back in the day, back into the national title conversation, what other pieces would need to happen? Because, like, who's in right now? Like, so if, if Alabama beats Auburn, they're in. If Auburn beats Alabama, is Auburn in? Yeah. Well, here, here's what we know for absolutely sure. Uh, if Clemson wins out, it's in. If Oklahoma wins out, it's in. If Wisconsin wins out, it's in. If Georgia wins out, it's in. If Alabama wins out, it's in. And I still think if Miami 
beats Clemson and is 11-1 ACC champion, it's in. One loss, what have we learned so far about the college football playoff the last three years is that one loss, Power 5 conference champion, pretty much gets the job done for you. Two losses and they don't like you, like in Penn State last year. So I still think Miami, you're just fine. How much to, uh, we'll catch up with Pete Futek, College Football News with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox with you. Um, how much does, the, and, and I've always thought this about the playoff committee, that I think that they view what they do every single week as as much of a TV show as determining who the best teams are. Because, like, when they moved Miami up a spot to number two, like, they were they were looking at it like, well, they're going to play each other anyway, so what does it matter? Why not Why not mess around with this episode if you already know how this show's going to end? Like, yeah, you, you're, you're looking too hard into it. I, I mean, yeah, but it's it, more fun it, that way, Pete. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, they don't do that. They, they really just throw – I mean, it, it's a hard concept for everyone who grew up on the AP and, you know, uh, USA Today polls making you – know, mattering at all. But they really just throw it out every week and go by the merits of what they believe at the immediate moment. It just – uh, and that, that's why they do this more. The, the whole point of this is, yes, it's for the TV show. It's to build it up. But it's also really sort of an exercise. It's also sort of sharpen them all up because, yes, while they are well, all the people who are in that room are college football dignitaries, they're not the total wonks. You know, they're not like people like me who, you know, can tell you that, yes, Central Michigan was supposed to beat Northern Illinois. You know, they, they, that's just not what they do. So it kind of gets them up to speed more than anything else. It's, it, again, it's an exercise not as much uh, an indication of anything else that's about to happen. Um, from a big-name standpoint, and obviously Miami does carry carry weight because, you know, back in the day you grew up and, and Miami was a team that was always in the national title conversation. If Miami is out of the college football playoff, like you've covered college football for a long time, they're one of those rare teams in sports that are really good for business, right? No, not like you'd because there's no fan base for them. Remember, it's a small private school. They they were great for business and everything when they were dominant and full of right. a thousand uh, pro prospects. It's you know the, the the programs are in a perfect world. You're playing Alabama versus Ohio State or Notre Dame all the time. That's just you know, that, that's just how the world yeah. works. Uh, and even to a certain extent, Alabama, there's a little bit of fatigue there, and there isn't the national fan base over Alabama like you'd think it was. Basically, if you could make Ohio State versus Michigan every week, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah, you know, that of course. Would just, that, that would be great. But Miami, again, there, there's only, what, like 6,000 people enrollment? I'm probably off by about five or 10,000. But uh, there's just, it's, a, it's just a small, very you know, smart, private college. It's not some big, giant behemoth like in Ohio State or you know, one of these Big Ten schools. So it really isn't all that great for the world. And that's, that's especially not how the college football playoff committee is going to think of this. Uh, he is Pete Futek, College Football News, uh, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Before we let you go, so a report has come out from uh, Pat Forty who says that Florida is moving on from Chip Kelly. So, sure. so it, it look and, and I, I know some of the reports out there were that Chip Kelly was going to end up with UCLA regardless. Oh, yeah. If I'm a yeah. UCLA fan, how excited should I be over the hiring of Chip Kelly? Oh, you're fired up. I mean, he's a guy. I mean, he's a, a brand name. He's... You know, the type of guy who's going to make USC people grouchy and freak out a little bit. I don't think he's the necessarily be all end all that a lot of people think he is. There's a chance that this, you know, this uh, tippy tappy gimmicky spread thing he does is a little too old school now, you know, five years ago, and everyone's sort of catching up to it a little bit. But the guy did just destroy it at Oregon. He turned that thing into a powerhouse, and now 
I think I thought all along there was no way he's going to the SEC because the only reason he was talking to Florida is to add another million onto the pile for UCLA because that offense does not work well on a regular basis against SEC caliber defensive fronts. If you and why do you want to beat your head against the wall? You know, every year in the SEC, you could be great and finish ten and two, and it doesn't matter. If you go to UCLA. You've got one game. If your team's really great, you beat USC and you're going on to do big things. So I, I always kind of thought he was going to do that. Plus, living in L.A. versus living in Gainesville, I mean, we don't think of it like that, but when you become a pro coach and you've lived that life a little bit, going to Gainesville, Florida, kind of a rough rough go of it. <laughs> wow, look at that. Uh, look at Pete Futek taking out Gainesville on his way out of the uh, of the interview here. Well done, Pete. That was good. That, so they do, I'm talking to an L.A. crowd. <laughs> of course. Uh, Pete Futek, College Football News, always a fantastic follow on Twitter. You can get him at Pete Futek. Pete, thanks so much for the time, man. Always appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime. Have a good one, guys. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can get me on Twitter, by the way, at the Jonas Knox. You can also find the show on the iHeartRadio app as well. Up next, we're going to play a little guessing game, right? If you're into games and if you think you're really smart and you know who we're talking about, don't go anywhere. We've got something for you next year on FSR. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> Man. By the way, if you're a Miami Hurricane football fan, the good news is, all right, the good news for you is you've probably only been a fan for about three weeks. All right, so this isn't going to hurt that bad. So the fact that we just played uh, turnover chain music, whatever the hell that was on the uh, bumper music coming back from break, like that should not hurt that bad. Miami falling to pit. A short time ago, 24 to 14. So now Miami, who was number two in the country, is, uh, I mean, I thought they were going to be done. That's what, that's what surprised me. Pete Futek of College Football News was talking a few minutes ago that he still thinks Miami gets in. Like if Miami beats Clemson in the ACC title game, he still thinks they're going to get in. I mean, I was under the impression that there would have to be a lot of things that would have to go their way for that to happen. But listen, this is so much fun, man. This time of year in the NFL, college football, so much fun. I mean, there are landmines, tripwires everywhere. Teams are getting beat. There's probably going to be a couple of more upsets this weekend. It's a good time to be a football fan. Um, you know, it's time to, uh, to play a little guessing game. I talked about this before the break. It's, it's time for a little guessing game. And it's a little guessing game we call this. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. And for that, we turn it over to David Gascon. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. David Gascon, we're going to play a little game of Guess Who. Let's have some fun, Dave. I'm really good at this game. David Gascon from the Los Angeles Boys. That is Tom Brokaw. Sorry I played that music earlier. Uh, It's uh, my apologies. That's all right. And there's only two of us working today, but... uh, that's all right. Listen, uh, we are here to carry the load, Dave. That sounded weird. All right. Uh, go ahead, Dave. Can we move along, please? Yeah. Anyways, this number one wide receiver or number one target, I should say, had 80 receptions last year for 1,073 yards. This year, only played two games, week one and week two. He's also a pretty darn good color commentator. He broadcasted the game last week on Fox. He makes his return to action this weekend. Who is he? Okay, so broadcaster on Fox making his return this weekend. Tim Brando? <laughs> no, that is no. incorrect. It's Greg Olson. Oh, okay. Well, the same difference. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Just different haircuts. But, yeah, he makes his return this weekend after having a broken leg. 
He was out supposedly supposed to be six to eight weeks. He's making his return this weekend for the Panthers, right in the thick of things in the NFC South. Yeah, the NFC South, uh, by the way, outside of the Saints, anybody buy a single team in the NFC South? I don't buy the Falcons for a minute. I don't buy the Panthers for a minute. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers stink. <laughs> outside of the Saints. <laughs> I'm like, why am I so negative? That's, that's well, not it's nice. Daytime hours. Yeah. Bring out the uh, best team. All right, anyway. what else we got? You mentioned the uh, Thanksgiving Day massacre with the Giants and the Washington Redskins. Well, New York got throttled against the Washington Redskins. Yeah. And they, uh, they're they looking for some help in all the wrong places. And reporters spoke to a leader of this team, and he was caught saying, quote, yeah, losing sucks. It definitely does. It's no fun losing. It's no fun not scoring enough points offensively. So, yeah, it can wear you out. It'll test you, but you just got to keep going. Back to the drawing board, find ways to play better football and move the ball down the field and score some points. End okay. quote. Who is that? Um, let's see. New York Giants. Yeah. Mark Bavaro. You're close. Okay. No. Can, can I can I have a second guess, please? Jeff Hostetler. Pretty darn close. Who is it? Right no. position, Eli Manning. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's close. That that, that makes some sense. Um Man, they're bad. They got they're, two wins this they're, year. They're really not good at all. At they Denver are, and against Kansas City. They are not good at all. <laughs> and, you know, I, man, like Ben McAdoo. By the way, what's with the uh, people dressing their kids up as Ben McAdoo? Oh, don't like, tell me you didn't like that. Uh, why? Why are they doing that? Well, some notoriety. Why not? Well, what about the kid with the Andy Reid? Yeah, What? why? Why are you doing that? Well, is it, you don't like it? You, <laughs> it's, you don't just, it's, it's weird. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's like it's like carrying your dog in your purse. Like, why are you doing that? Like, you, your kid goes to a game, you make him dress up as Ben McAdoo. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, like first of all, it's 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 tough enough having to be a Giants fan this year because that team stinks. But the fact that you make your kid dress up as the head coach of a, of a sinking ship, like, who wants that? I don't know. I I kind of appreciate the mustache and the slick back, jet black hair. That's it's pretty solid. No, no. it's no, a good look. I, I'm listen. I'm not a fan, but I'm very picky. <laughs> What if the kid had a thumb ring on? Well, I mean, then that's just another another deal altogether. I mean, that that shows that he's got a little bit of style, a little bit of pizzazz. He's willing to take some risks, fashion wise. <laughs> and again, I admire something like that. Oh my God, I'm wearing one. Look he's at like, that. Five years old, man. What the hell, dude? <laughs> uh, what else we got? All right. So this leader played a round of golf with a Japanese prime minister, and just last week, and he took to a course down in Jupiter, Florida with Tiger Woods, and also the number one player in the world, Dustin Johnson. Uh, he likes to play golf a little bit. Let's just say that while he's been in a selected office. Okay. So Who he, am I? he likes to play golf, um, was in Florida. Aaron Hernandez? <laughs> he's no longer with no. us anymore. Okay, so not Aaron Hernandez. Like Who else would it be? I don't know. I give up. Who is it? President Donald Trump. Oh, okay, yeah, that that's good. It's always always make sure you get a, a Donald Trump reference in because that's not a divisive conversation. It was from all. your producer. It was from your producer. Man, there's only two of you here today. Uh, by the way, yeah, by, by the way, if uh, for those of you out there thinking we are going to spend a single second talking about either Donald Trump or Colin Kaepernick, you can tune right out. That will not be coming up at all during this show. What about Tiger Woods or Levar Ball? We will not be getting to Levar Ball either. And if we're talking about Tiger Woods, we're going to talk about that photo that leaked a few months ago.
All right, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. There's more of this next, I swear. Oh, boy. So, like, you always got to remember exactly what you are. It's important to remember what you are and be thankful, especially on this weekend, be thankful for the gifts that you are given because one football team may have just gotten a gift of a lifetime. We'll tell you who that is coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app. Um, by the way, a uh, very uh, I got a phone call during the break from a former NFL quarterback. All right, a former NFL quarterback also was a superstar at Notre Dame as well too. He is listening right now in Seattle. He will be on the call for Fox's coverage of the Apple Cup, the Apple Cup between Washington and Washington State this weekend. Listening in Seattle right now. I will not tell you who he is. I will simply tell you that his name rhymes with Lady Finn. Okay? So I will not tell you who that quarterback is, that this former NFL quarterback, uh, but he is my radio wife every Sunday night. Uh, listening right now in Seattle. So uh, so appreciate the, uh, the phone call. Always a positive phone call from, uh, from my man Brady Quinn, who is up in Seattle getting ready for the Apple Cup. Uh, there were no, uh, no like, uh, you know, inappropriate jokes. Nothing like that was talked about during the call. No references to stuff that we can't say on the air. Nothing like that at all. So I want to, uh, you know, give a uh, give a shout out to my man Brady Quinn who is listening. Um, one of the uh, other, so the big news out of the world of football is that Miami lost. All right, the Miami Hurricanes. And I was saying this earlier, like. It's not that big of a deal. If you're a Miami fan, I know you're going to be bothered by it because Miami loses to Pitt and it's Black Friday and you probably waited all week because you really, 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 really had to get uh, that new juicer or blender that's four bucks at Best Buy and then somebody else got to it for you and you weren't fast enough. So now you're blaming yourself. Am I hungover? Did I eat too much turkey? What could I have done differently to save 38 cents on a microwave? The good news is, even though Miami lost... You've only been a fan for like two and a half weeks. So it's not that big of a deal. Like, that's actually not that big of a deal. It's like, you know, if, if you had been together a long time, don't, don't even worry about it. Like, 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 don't even worry about it. You've been together two and a half weeks. So, so I wouldn't even sweat it. But Miami is done, although Miami, uh, according to several, still think that if they beat Clemson in the ACC title game, they're going to get into the college football playoff. One team who is the complete opposite of every single team that is in the playoff conversation is UCLA. All right. Now, we are on the great AM570 LA Sports, the home of the Bruins, here in Los Angeles. UCLA, they are not a very good team. They have fired Jim Mora. They are trying to figure out what direction they're going to go. And the news that came out earlier is that Florida has pulled out of the Chip Kelly sweepstakes. So Florida pulls out of the Chip Kelly sweepstakes, and so now it looks like Chip Kelly is is it's looking more and more likely that Chip Kelly's going to be the next head coach at UCLA. Here's my favorite part about this whole thing. There are UCLA fans and people that cover UCLA out here in LA who look at Chip Kelly being brought in as head coach as a bad idea. What the hell are you talking about, man? All right? Like, understand what you are from time to time. You're a four. Chip Kelly's a nine. Fours don't turn down nines. 
If a nine sneezes in your direction, you offer them a napkin and you pay their tab. Okay? Like, you, like UCLA fans trying to discuss whether or not Chip Kelly's the right guy for the job. What do you, like, what, what are the other options? What, 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 what are the other options? Like, name a better option out there. What, you want to keep some continuity on the team? You want to keep one of the assistants around? It didn't work. You move on from it. Here was Pete Futek, College Football News, who joined us earlier in the show talking about the potential hire and why UCLA fans should be excited about the thought of Chip Kelly. You're fired up. I mean, he's a guy. I mean, he's a, a brand name. He's you know the type of guy who's going to make USC people grouchy and freak out a little bit. I don't think he's the necessarily be all end all that a lot of people think he is. There's a chance that this you know this. Uh, a tippy tappy gimmicky spread thing he does is a little too old school now. You know, five years ago, and everyone's sort of catching up to it a little bit. But the guy did just destroy it at Oregon. He turned that thing into a powerhouse. And now, I, I think I thought all along there was no way he's going to the SEC because the only reason he was talking to Florida is to add another million onto the pile for UCLA because that offense does not work well on a regular basis against SEC caliber defensive fronts. If you and why do you want to beat your head against the wall? You know, every year in the SEC, you could be great and finish ten and two, and it doesn't matter. If you go to UCLA, you've got one game. If your team's really great, you beat USC and you're going on to do big things. So I, I always kind of thought he was going to do that. Plus, living in LA versus living in Gainesville. I mean, we don't think of it like that, but when you become a pro coach and you've lived that life a little bit, going to Gainesville, Florida, kind of a rough, rough go of it. <laughs> Uh, that was Pete Futak, College Football News, who joined us earlier in the show. And listen, like if you if you're a UCLA fan and you can land Chip Kelly, like that's that's a home run hire. Like that, that he's one of the uh, the hottest names to be on the coaching market in a long time. Like there are certain coaches out there who, regardless of what you can nitpick and say, and I know that there's a knock on Chip Kelly that well, you know, uh, his defense is going to be worn out. We don't know if he's going to have success because uh, the defense is always exhausted and it didn't really work in Philadelphia. The whole narrative that Chip Kelly was a total failure in the NFL is not true. Not true at all. Chip Kelly took over a four-win team in Philadelphia, a four-win diaper fire in Philadelphia and went 10 and 6, won the division and then went 10 and 6 in year 2. Where things went haywire for Chip Kelly is when he took over and made personnel decisions because he got over his skis. Like the idea that all of a sudden he just can't coach is craziness. You know how everybody like all the uh, the Colin I, I by the way I lied. I said we weren't going to mention Colin Kaepernick. We are going to mention him here, but it has nothing to do with the protests because we do not spend our time talking about quarterbacks who are not in the league. Right, So if you are a Kaepernick ball washer and a defender, go somewhere else. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that topic. But the, 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 the part of the Colin Kaepernick discussion that started to pop up when he's not getting jobs around the NFL is his touchdown-to-interception ratio. People look at Kaepernick and they go, okay, well, what's a, you know, last year he had 16 touchdowns and only four interceptions. Guess who his head coach was during that time? Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly made Nick Foles into a very good NFL quarterback for a year. Mark Sanchez had good numbers. Sam Bradford was decent under Chip Kelly. Like he did he's done a lot of really good things because things got out of control from a player personnel standpoint. That's where things went haywire for Kelly. The idea that all of a sudden Chip Kelly just doesn't know how to coach. That oh this is not a good hire. If Chip Kelly is available and you're running a college team, 
and he thinks enough of your program to want to go there, you hire him on the spot. If I'm a UCLA fan, this gets me excited. This is fun. It, it's insane to me that UCLA doesn't out-recruit USC. I get tradition, and I get all that stuff. But I got news for you. I'm out here in L.A., all right? Just take, just pretend you've never been, let's, let's say you've never been to L.A., all right? If somebody dropped you off outside of the UCLA campus in Westwood, you would look around and you go, this is nice. This is, this is a fun place to be. If somebody dropped you off outside the Coliseum or outside USC, uh, you're either calling the cops or you're trying to find an Uber to get the hell out of there. Like it is, it is not exactly the nicest place in the world. UCLA, great campus. Like th- there's so much potential for, for something great to happen at UCLA. Chip Kelly can be the guy. And the fact that people are out there saying, oh, I don't know about Chip Kelly. It's like the Jim Harbaugh criticism. Like, there's people talking about Jim Harbaugh. Like, well, you know, I think Jim Harbaugh is pretty overrated because, uh, you know, he hasn't won anything. Like, like what has he actually won? Uh, I don't know. Just turned around every single program that he's taken over. Like, what more do you need to see from Jim Harbaugh to know that the guy can coach? Yeah, he runs a little hot and he wears people out after four years. But he turns around every single program he goes to. Jim Harbaugh went to San Diego, turned around the program. Went to Stanford. Stanford, who is considered one of the top programs in the country now, was a disaster when Jim Harbaugh went there. Turned around that program. Went to the 49ers. Turned around that program. Revitalized the careers of Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick. Then he goes to Michigan, takes over a bad football team, back-to-back 10-win seasons, and people are bitching and moaning because he hasn't won a national title. You're insane, man. Like, come on. If I'm a UCLA fan, somebody if a Chip Kelly or a Jim Harbaugh is on the market, you gotta make that hire. If I'm a UCLA fan and and we and and you hire Chip Kelly, be excited about that. Okay? Like, that's a nine. Okay? You're a four right now. Like t- like understand where you're at in in the whole national scheme of things. Chip Kelly is a home run hire for the UCLA Bruins. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can also listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app. You can find me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. Up next, though, there is a uh, so there's an, an NFL team, all right, that's got this player, really really popular player, but now everybody's throwing him under the bus, and I'll tell you why that's crazy talk. That's coming up next year on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> I don't know what's funny about this song. I have no idea. Like, I just—it just occurred to me that Iowa Sam would probably never play this song in in the history of his of his career here at, at uh, Fox Sports Radio. That's inside Fox Sports Radio knowledge. It does not apply to you. You have no idea what the joke is. Uh, that's fine. Um, all right. So uh, coming up in about ten minutes from now, we are going to talk to a man close to the action. Uh, of a of a college football team on the verge of making a big move, right? I'm not going to tell you who that is. That's a radio tease. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour, which is a radio term for 4:30 Eastern time, 1:30 Pacific here on Fox Sports Radio. So we uh, we will get to that here uh, coming up. Um, so I, I've always I, I was thinking about this, and and I've talked about this before. To where. Like if you're if you're a bad team and you're playing on a big stage, that's bad news, man. Because it's like 
people with dirty homes, people that have a really messy house, they, they usually never have company over because their place is a dump. Like, like, like if you don't, if you don't, if you don't clean up your house, what's the point of having people over? And sometimes you get to the point where you're like, man, I just, you know, I'd rather, I don't want to clean. Therefore just go somewhere else. Let's not do this here. Like, it's not often you go over to somebody's house like, Hey, what's, what's everybody doing? All right, let's go over to the hoarder's house. Oh yeah. That seems like a good time. Let's watch the game and trip over pizza boxes that have been there since the mid eighties, because that guy doesn't want to throw them away because they really round out uh, the design of the apartment. Like, nobody goes over to the hoarder's house. And so if you're an NFL team and you stink, you don't want a lot of people seeing your mess. And so what ends up happening on these national games, these nationally exposed games, a lot of people end up seeing the mess of teams. You know, like I talked about Chip Kelly a little bit ago. That's why I really think Chip Kelly got fired, because they were embarrassed on a Saturday night, and everybody saw it. Like, they're, like, why wouldn't you just keep him for another week when he got fired by the Eagles? Why wouldn't you just keep him around for another week? What I mean, what are we doing? So when, when that being said, there's a lot of overreaction that gets attached to this. And so the one that was out there that I thought was actually kind of comical is the overreaction to the Dak Prescott stuff, right? Like Dak Prescott all of a sudden stinks. Like, like everybody's ready to throw Dak Prescott, uh, throw him away and say, oh, the guy's a bust. And see, he couldn't do it without Ezekiel Elliott. Like, like that's a knock on the guy. Like, did you think that he was going to be a better quarterback with a worse offensive line and the best player on offense not there? Is that what you expected? He was going to be a better quarterback? Like, you guys just thought that he was just going to rise to the occasion? Like, like with, that, with giving very little around him? Like, that's, that's like what you were going to get? Like, it's insanity. Like, if I took away a couple of items from you and made your day harder, would it not be understandable if you didn't function at a high level? Like, if I took away your car, would it not be understandable that getting to work might be a little bit more difficult? You could probably still get to work, but it probably wouldn't look as nice. It'd be, it'd be a little rough. Like, Dak Prescott lost... One of the best running backs, maybe the best running back in the NFL, and his offensive line has been banged up. His tackle was gone. And also, listen, some of the coaching decisions have been puzzling. Like some of the game planning has been puzzling. Like we, I, I do a show here on Fox Sports Radio on Sunday nights with, with Brady Quinn, former NFL quarterback, and we were on the air after Dallas got hammered by Atlanta. And one of the things that stood out to me was how critical Troy Aikman was of the offensive line play. And as Brady and I were having the discussion, Brady said, I couldn't believe that there was no adjustments made. Like, you're, you're a Dallas coaching, like, you're on the coaching staff, you're, you're, you know, whether it's Scott Linehan, Jason Garrett, whoever's calling plays and making those decisions, there were no adjustments made. Like, you can say whatever you want about a backup tackle getting beat for six, seven, eight sacks in Atlanta, but at some point, don't you either you know put an extra blocker on him, put a tight end down there, roll to the right more, like figure it out, adjust if you will. And they made no adjustments. They just dealt with it. I remember Mike Martz was an offensive coordinator in Chicago. Mike Martz was at the Bears, offensive coordinator in Chicago. The offensive line was so bad one year that Mike Martz had to adjust. And how did he adjust? He took away seven-step drops from the offense. 
Like, literally said, hey, you know that whole thing that every NFL team is capable of doing? We're not doing that anymore because I don't want to get Jay Cutler killed. Like, they, they just make adjustments. So some of, the, some of the coaching and lack of adjustments being made in Dallas, that's a little bit puzzling. So Dak Prescott getting the heat, a lot of people being critical, a lot of people saying, oh, you know, he's uh, not who we thought he was. Here was Dak Prescott following the game. Do you feel more pressure that since you're the quarterback, you've got to take on more responsibility? I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, I, I take more, I guess, responsibility in a loss like this. I mean, when the offense is in a funk, I mean, I'm the, the leader of the unit or whatever, when you, uh, as, you, as you say, and I've got to figure out what I've got to do to, to get that whole unit rolling better and, and consistently. We're in a funk or whatever you want to call it, and uh, it's not fun to be in. We've just got to figure out ways to get out of it, as you said, me individually uh, and just this offense um, collectively, we gotta we gotta get back to work and continue to to do that and just like I said, figure out what's going on and get out of this. Dak Prescott following the loss uh, on uh, on Thanksgiving and listen, like is is some of this Dak Prescott's fault? Like is he not played well at you know at times? Is he not playing good football right now? Yeah, he's not playing good football. But the idea that all of a sudden he just doesn't know how to play quarterback that he's just going to be a bust. Like so maybe he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. Who is? Like, maybe he's not going to be Tom Brady. Who is? Like, doesn't mean he's not going to be a good quarterback. Doesn't mean he hasn't been a success story already. Like, like there, there are only a few quarterbacks who, when you take away the best parts of their team, they still continue to be really good. And those quarterbacks are guys like Marino, Brady, Rodgers. Those are all-time greats. Dak, like the idea that everyone thinks Dak Prescott was going to be one of those guys because he had a good rookie season. Look, I mean, it's second time through in, in the in the order for him. Like teams are now seeing him more and more. You ever noticed how even the best closers in baseball, if you've got a world class closer, like the guy who's been lights out all year long, you ever notice that some of those guys struggle in the postseason? Mariano Rivera struggled in the postseason a couple of times, lost a World Series. Uh, Kenley Jansen, you're a Dodger fan listening on AM570 LA Sports. Kenley Jansen got lit up a couple of times in the World Series. Like, you ever notice that stuff happening in baseball? Do you know why that is? Because when you're a closer, you're coming in for three outs, usually three outs. And you're coming in, what, a couple of days in a row, one day on, one day off. If your team's got the lead, that's when you come in. There's no opportunity for these other teams to see what you pitch with and see what you are. In the postseason in baseball, you're pitching almost every single game. So the third, fourth, fifth time a team has the opportunity to see you, now they get an understanding of what you are. So that's why you see closers get lit up sometimes in the World Series because everybody knows their stuff now. It's, it's not unfamiliar to the, to the teams and to the lineup when they see the pitcher come out the, the third or fourth time. For Dak Prescott, defenses have now seen him. And not only are they seeing him for the second time, he doesn't have as much around him. And people are throwing him under the bus like the guy stinks. Like, like, I don't don't understand. Like, the best player on the Dallas Cowboys offense is Ezekiel Elliott. He's He's their best player. No doubt about it. Their second best players is their offensive line. Third would probably be Dak Prescott. So you're basically relying on your third best player on offense to continue to win you football games without your best player and your second best player. 
Like, what sense does that make? And, and people, people are struggling to figure out, well, I just, I mean, God, I guess now he's been exposed. Been exposed as what? The guy, he lost his best player and his offensive line isn't as good as it was last year. Like, I got news for you. Des Bryant, not an elite wide receiver anymore. Like, he's getting older. Jason Witten's getting older. It's not like, like this, this whole idea that Dak Prescott has got a ton to work with, I mean, he does when everybody's healthy, but they're not, so he doesn't. Like, I just, I, I don't, I really, I really don't understand the criticism. Maybe it's a Cowboys thing. There's a lot of Cowboys haters out there. They love seeing the Cowboys lose. Uh, you know, people love to see, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Jones struggle. They loved, I mean, maybe it's an NFC East thing. Maybe it's Eagles fans, Giants fans, Redskins fans who, who are piling on. But come on, man. It's ridiculous. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can always listen to the show, by the way, on the iHeartRadio app, and you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. Uh, speaking of Twitter, guy writes in and says, LeVar the legend would drop Knox, the metrosexual hipster Ed Hardy wearing softy like the ball washer he is. That is not true, okay? Because I do not wear Ed Hardy. All the other stuff is true, but I do not wear Ed Hardy. And I don't appreciate the uh, the accusations. All right. uh, we're going to hear from someone who's very close to a situation in football. There's a very dramatic situation that could be taking place in the world of football very, very soon. Somebody close to it. As we speak, literally really, really close to it, is going to be joining you next. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, it's David Gascon. That's Commander David Gascon. Yeah. Hey, who, who, uh, What's up, who, Gas Man? Not much. Who tweeted at you, by the way? Who was that? I don't know. Some some uh, alcoholic. I need to give him a follow. Yeah. Go give him a follow. He's probably at the liquor store if you want. <laughs> to get some stragglers out there right Like now. anybody on a Black Friday who puts that much effort into ripping Racist. on me either has no family, has no life, or is an alcoholic or a drug addict. Can I option for a drug addict? Or a so Miami fan. Oh, that's not nice, Dave. Well, Listen, we don't need to pile on Miami. They've already had a, a hard enough day as it is. They've been fans for three weeks, and now their team's out. I, we don't need this, Dave. Oh, man. Let's get you some of those highlights in that ball game. Pick it under center on fourth down. Fakes a handoff. He's going to run for the first Uh-oh. down. He's at the 15-10. He's at the 5. Stands for the pylon, and the Packers score a touchdown. Kenny Pickett faked out. 11 players on the defense, an entire coaching staff, and everybody in this stadium. Panthers get it done. They improve the record to a mighty 5-7 and seven on the year, dropping number two Miami, who's now 10-1, and 7-1 in the ACC. 24-14 was the final. TCU wrapped things up with Baylor 45-22. A couple of interesting games in progress. One of them, Central Florida, who's undefeated, taking on South Florida. Anderson now in the backfield, and the give is to McKenzie. He'll keep it option. He gets to the 10. McKenzie now pitches out to Killis. 5-4-2-1. Touchdown! Oh, razzle-dazzle Knights! Knights getting it done right now. They lead 21-7. to Meanwhile, near the end of the first half, Missouri's got 31 points on Arkansas. And they lead right now 31-28. to And for some that are worried about Rashad Penny, no TDs just yet, but San Diego State does lead New Mexico by a score of 7 to nothing. Off the field in college football, Florida has moved on, reportedly from Chip Kelly as a potential new head coach. Multiple sources have told Yahoo Sports. Just back to the liquor store. Uh, come on, Dave. Listen, enough with the negativity here. I get by water. The, by the way, uh, Rashad Penny, any relation to Brad Penny? 
Former Major League Baseball pitcher. A, a slightly different skin color, maybe, you know, okay. size-wise, too. a question. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why that has to be brought up. All right, well, whatever, Dave. He could have a Dave, good fastball. Dave, can, Dave can, you look in, can you look into that, please, Dave, and then can confirm with us that Rashad Racist. Penny is not any relation to Brad Penny, please? Can I'll take a, a sec? Thanks, yeah. Dave. Yeah. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can always find the show on the iHeartRadio app as well. Chris Myers is going to be on the call for Cal and UCLA tonight. And, and all of a sudden, it, it's, it's a very interesting game because of the storyline surrounding the UCLA football program. Chris, thanks so much for the time. Always appreciate it. Yeah, Jonas, good good to be on with you, and I uh, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. You too as well. Um, so you are very close to the UCLA situation. There's been some stuff out there that Chip Kelly – it, it's looking likely he would be taking over as as head coach at UCLA. Are you? I mean, I, obviously, I don't know. They haven't made any announcements, but are you sensing a sort of excitement there around UCLA, around some of the program, at the possibility of landing a guy like Chip Kelly? Yeah, and I and I thought it. Uh, there was a chance that that I thought we'd even hear something this week. However, uh, as of this afternoon, uh, and and really, it's more a source from Florida, but. I know that Chip Kelly is at the top of the UCLA list, and there there is a list of coaches they're they're interested in. Nothing's been offered, nothing's been accepted as of as of this point. Uh, but Chip Kelly, who who's not noted for building programs, uh, he's obviously been very successful uh, when he came into the NFL with other players, and then when he tried to change into his own, that uh, changed some things. And of course, even when he took over at, at Oregon, he had great success there. But certainly a big name, something that UCLA hasn't been able to do a whole lot of when it's come to their football program. So yes, uh, he's he's at the top of of the list, and and we're waiting, and it it, it should come sooner than later, whether he's accepting it or not accepting it. And, and the vibe right now in terms of, you know, the week for the seniors at UCLA, uh, even though there were some other issues, obviously, or he'd still be there, but there are a lot of players, especially seniors, saying, you know, let's win one for Jim Moore and become bowl eligible in, in this game as Jed Fish, uh, the interim head coach, the offensive coordinator, uh, will run the show tonight with, uh, with Josh Rosen against Cal. Uh, Chris Myers, Fox Sports, uh, going to be on the call with uh, Cal and UCLA tonight on Fox Sports 1, 1030 Eastern Time, 730 Pacific, with us now here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, you brought up Jim Mora, and, and obviously there's excitement because Chip Kelly potentially going to be the head coach. But being around the team, talking to some of the players, talking to some of the coaches, you've been doing this a long time. Is it ever – how uncomfortable is it? Because a guy just lost his job. You know, like, like, like I know he's – you know, uh, the money, the financial aspects and the benefits from it and all that, but the guy still lost his job. How uncomfortable is it for you basically walking into a situation where a, a guy's out of work and they're trying to, to pin together a win to stay in a bowl game and be bowl eligible in his honor? Yeah, there, there's kind of an awkwardness to it. It's a good question. I, I went through it last year, you know, with the Rams covering the Rams when Jeff Fisher was uh, was let go as as the head coach, and 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 the players have to play on, and especially when they're when they're college athletes in a, in a program where a lot of these players at UCLA said, "Look, Jim Moore, you know, he brought me in here. He's taught me more in the last you know five six years uh, about life than about football. And uh, even though he's had to discipline some guys, and, and you know, he, he started with a bang and." Went to some bowl games, but but struggled recently, and and uh, I, I I guess yeah, I mean in terms of covering the broadcast, I mean at the end of the day when they, when they kick off tonight, it is about the players and the game itself, not to sound cliche-ish, but uh, it's it's awkward because some of the players said, you know, I would have liked to have just you know on senior day or senior night hugged Jim Moore, thank him one more time, kind of thing, and and I thought too it was interesting his firing, the firing came last 
last Sunday on his birthday. But again, there's a $12 million buyout. And just like Jeff Fisher, you hit a good point. Yeah, these guys are paid a lot of money, but in their heart, too, they're they're football coaches, and they do have a connection with their players and their staff, and I think that hurts them a lot if they can't finish the job. It probably hurts them maybe more than, than the players who have to kind of go out and at least could, and take out their frustration in a game. Yeah, I mean, and I just put myself in that, like, if I was, even if I was being paid a ton of money, if I lost my dream job, like, doing radio is my dream job, I love doing it, but if I still lost it, I would still be some, I, I'd be brokenhearted because that's your dream job, that's what you've worked your entire life for, and I think sometimes fans sort of lose the idea, well, no, he's getting paid a lot of money. I, man, it's not It's not always about the money. The money's nice, but still, this could be his last opportunity to do his dream gig, and then he's got to figure it out from there. Yeah, and I thought Jim Morris, you know, he thought maybe he'd get back in the NFL as a head coach, and I, I don't know if, if that could happen now. And what's interesting is he was a defensive-minded coach, and that really was the, the downfall of this UCLA team. Yeah, Josh Rosen a top quarterback, and he was injured last year and missed a few games with injury this year. Uh, but their defense just I mean, practically setting a record and, and not being able to stop the run, uh, giving up almost 280, 90 yards a, a game on, on the ground. And so that part of it. And the other part of it is Jim Moore produced a lot of professional players that went into the NFL. The Vikings have a few of them that are playing well. Even if they're not star players, they're at least guys that were drafted that have a chance for NFL careers. And I, I think some of the uh, the players of both past and present that worked with worked under Jim Moore or were coached by him are grateful for that. Uh, Chris Myers, Fox Sports, going to be on the call for uh, Cal and UCLA tonight on uh, Fox Sports 1 at 10.30 Eastern time with us here. Um, Josh Rosen, there's been this sort of uh, – I don't. I don't know if if people aren't aren't a pre. They don't like his attitude, but there's sort of a, like kind of a negative connotation when it comes to Josh Rosen, and this is sort of a national narrative. Um, have you spent any time around him? Have you gotten to talk to him or talk to teammates or coaches that have been around him? And what's the what's the feeling of Josh Rosen there within that team? Yeah, I haven't spent a lot of time around him. I did one other UCLA game this year, and he ended up not not playing, and it was the game against Utah and. Uh, I can tell you that those players and coaches that have been around him uh, do not do not have that same sense. I mean, sometimes you, yeah, you earn a reputation for a reason, but sometimes it gets exaggerated, especially when you're being viewed by scouts or uh, a franchise as maybe being a, a, a top pick. And I, I think that you know the Johnny Menzel, a most recent case of a guy who was a college star who. Hey, hey, can he help our franchise in the pros? And you have to be careful where you go in terms of a, a commitment. So Josh Rosen, I have no no vibe like that on him. In fact, the more I see him throw the football, uh, the more impressed I, I am. And, and this year he lost his tight end. He just lost another top receiver, Darren Andrews, and had to play last week without him. And, and uh, he, he plays through that for a junior. I mean, it's 99.9% here he's going to go pro and be a top five pick, maybe the top quarterback chosen uh, certainly, and, and, and I think has, has all the professional ability. In fact, even uh, Justin Wilcox, the Cal head coach, uh, in his first year, who's been around the college game as an assistant uh, and a defensive-minded coach, he, he said in all his years around the college game, he hasn't seen a quarterback in college uh, throw the ball better. So wow. that outside stuff, I, I, I really I think, you know, there's, there's you know, you hear, heard things about Jameis Winston or other, other quarterbacks coming out. I, I don't think that's going to get in the way of him being drafted high. And, and part of that is just growing up in maturity and becoming a professional uh, should he get that opportunity, and I, I think he will. And, and I think he'll have a good test tonight. I mean, he's, uh, he's moving in on a chance to become the all-time passing yardage leader in the history of the UCLA program and going against a defense that's very much improved and it's a takeaway kind of defense in Cal that, uh, and UCLA is unbeaten at home. So it, it should make for an interesting matchup. And there's always scouts on hand 
uh, from a number of teams. There were more last week with USC, but watching uh, Josh Rosen and how he handles things. I, I, I'm amazed, too, with the ease that he throws the deep ball and, and how he, uh, certainly you talk about mechanics and fundamentals and things like that, but how he can, he can the arm strength, the ability to throw the ball in a number of places uh, without having to be so set and comfortable in the pocket. That's a great skill. He is Chris Myers uh, from Fox Sports. He'll be on the call tonight, Cal, at UCLA from the Rose Bowl on Fox Sports 1 at 10.30 Eastern Time, 7.30 Pacific. Chris, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. All right, have a good weekend, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again. Absolutely. Right. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. You can always uh, listen to the show as well on the iHeartRadio app, and you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. Up next, we have got some pressing information in the world of sports, literally pressing information that needs to be passed along, and it needs to be discussed, and it has to be done next. So we'll do that for you here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up in a couple of minutes, we will have uh, – an edition of The Press. If you've never heard it before, it is Can't Miss Radio Gold coming up here in just a minute. By the way, uh, I am not seeing very many Black Friday fights caught on camera. I've seen one from earlier. Some guy got thrown uh, into uh, the end of an aisle. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, looked like he may have broken a hip or a femur or something like that. That was a pretty good one, but a, a little uh, lacking in the quality of violence on a Black Friday in uh, shopping malls and supermarkets uh, everywhere. Um but if you think that the traffic you're dealing with, if you think that the struggle you're going through with on a, on a Black Friday is bad, uh, you don't know struggle until you're working on Fox Sports Radio and you look up at one of the televisions and it's the Winnipeg Jets-Anaheim Ducks game on. Who gives a rip? The playoff preview oh, right there. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> like, we're what? Winnipeg and Anaheim on one of the TVs? Is, this, is this game on tape delay? Oh, this has got a hell of a comeback coming, too. Oh, so. my God. Eyes Who glued. cares? All right, let's get to this. The Press. And for that, we turn it over to Commander David Gascon with the LAPD. What's up, Gas man? man? You get irate whenever hockey's on, especially like, until da- June. Listen, there's nothing more depressing than daytime hockey. You know what's more depressing than daytime? Okay. Here, this is a good. This is nighttime really good. hockey. No, no, this is really good. <laughs> What's more depressing, daytime hockey? Okay, hockey during the day, right. or the Las Vegas Strip, looking out your window during the day in your hotel Ooh. when all the lights are off and you realize, oh my god, I thought this was like a magical wonderland. Oh, it's the effing desert. Man, what is worse? That's that's tough. I'm gonna call a push on that. That's, um, that's pretty damn depressing. Let's go around the room. Let's. We need. We need to have an answer to this. This is. An, this is pressing information. I'm gonna this go is, Vegas. Okay, you're gonna go Vegas. I'll go Vegas. Um, Ryan, our uh, technical producer. What's worse, Vegas during the day or hockey during the day? <laughs> you're asking a black guy about hockey. Uh, I you're black. Uh, yes. Oh, I just thought that was Maybe. the lighting. Yes. I, <laughs> I'm not a racist. I'm a Uist. <laughs> I only hate you. Anyway, I would say hockey. Okay. All right. Um, all right uh, to to another African American, Gavin Kinzel. <laughs> Gavin, uh, what's worse during the day, uh, Vegas or hockey? Uh, I've never seen Vegas during the day, so I'm gonna say yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever, well, Gavin. Go. All right. Yeah. We have our, we have our answer. All right, Dave. Can uh, can you bring us back here? Yeah. Let's all go right, back let's go. to Earth a little bit. We'll start off with some NFL news. Juju Smith Schuster out this weekend against the Green Bay Packers for precautionary reasons. He's got a bad hammy, so they're gonna sit him out for the for the weekend. Devontae Freeman missed week 11 because of a concussion. He's out this weekend against Tampa Bay. In that same game, you will not see Jameis Winston. He's also listed as out for the Buccaneers. 
at, th- at this point, like, why don't you just close them up for the season? Shut like, them down. Yeah, like, what's like, what are we doing here? Would you do that in the same with San Francisco and Garoppolo? I don't know, man. That's don't you want to at least see what you got? I do. <laughs> like, I do. I don't I know. Like, do. like, I, I mean, it's cool to have you know mint condition items, but yeah. at a, sooner or later, don't you want to take it out of the box and kind of play with it a little bit? Damn like, it. I- I just I hope that guy doesn't get hurt in a meaningless game like week 14 15 he goes down and yeah, you can't you can't look at it like that I would rather I would rather see what I've got with Garoppolo now they don't make the, they don't make that kind of trade and if they're not going to keep him around long term sure. so it's, it's not like he's in a in jeopardy of losing his gig but <laughs> at, at some point like come on man don't you want to play with it a little bit no. that's that also sounds weird I've got to get really get my mind right I like where your head's uh, at right now anyways uh, some good news one? for the LA chart. <laughs> Some good news for the Chargers. <laughs> Got word today that uh, there's no ACL damage on Mike Williams's knee. They had some tests on it today, an MRI included, and they'll reevaluate him as the week goes along. They get ready for Cleveland in a couple of, well, actually, like in 10 days. Uh, no word yet on the status of Nick Novak, the kicker who injured his back after missing a 35-yard field goal in the first quarter. They've had all kinds of problems this season at the kicker position. Uh, did you see the punter? <laughs> Did you see the punter Man, in the Chargers game? That was a shame. Okay. He was practicing on the kicking net. Yeah. And he whiffed. He missed the kicking net. Yeah. <laughs> like, how does that happen? Not I think the, I could do that. Not the ball, the net. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> That's tough, man. I think Lieutenant Dan could have hit the net. <laughs> what else we got, Dave? Florida has moved on from Chip Kelly as a potential head coach. That's according to multiple sources with Yahoo. We're, we're moving on from you. No, no, no. I'm moving on from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah, they're going to look at some other candidates as an option to be open. But for so far, Kelly is going to move on to some other things. It could be in Westwood with the UCLA Bruins. So we'll find out with that. Cavaliers guard Derek Rose, who knows what he'll be like in a couple weeks. He's left the team, seriously reevaluating his future in the NBA. He's been frustrated with the nagging injuries that have prevented him from seeing some playing time. Uh, okay, let me go back to the Chip Kelly stuff. If, if, if UCLA hires Chip Kelly, where will they have the introductory press conference? I, okay, now, because this is, this is interesting, right? China? You, okay, well, you could, I mean, this is, that is just so offensive, Dave. Like, I don't know why you have to keep punishing these kids. They stole some, it's not that big of a deal. Okay? I, I, for you, it's not. Um, okay, so let me, uh, okay, because here's what I'm thinking. Um, so what is like what, like an establishment in Westwood that would be worthy of this? Like Dave and Buster's? The other guy, Dave and Buster's is in Pasadena, right? That's not that yeah, They got a W hotel there. Um, there's, yeah, there's the W there. That's a fun place to go. Uh, a lot to look at, too. Yes. Um, there's a, uh, a hookah bar called Gypsies. There's a Gypsies that used to be there. My uh, my ex uh, yeah. worked at that hookah bar. That's the one where they serve the uh, like 36-ounce beers. You rifle back four Bud Lights at 36 ounce a piece, and you are time traveling. <laughs> <laughs> it is wow! What? I did it. I can I can I can assure you, I did it, and I don't remember parts of that month. Wow. Okay, that's all I'll say. But I'm just trying to think of where they would put the introductory press conference. There, there's like a uh, an ice cream shop that does uh, like one dollar ice cream. Man, Chip Kelly in Westwood. That's gonna be fun. It would be kind of good. Yeah. Speaking of fun, how about this last story? A McDonald's manager was arrested a few days ago after he was caught <laughs> serving customers a side of cocaine with burgers and fries. That's right, Jonas. Frank Guerrero, 26 years of age, was captured by authorities after they received a tip that he was sending fast food products via the window. 
cocaine, burgers, and fries. $10,900 worth of cocaine in one instance. 100 grams of crack cocaine worth up to $6,200 was left in his pocket. In a related story, the Miami Dolphins have now hired him as offensive line. <laughs> Boom. Uh, so this guy was serving cocaine on French fries at McDonald's? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Jesus. Super uh, so, size? Okay, so now, now was he... Were these like customers that were buying from him, and that's how he was he yeah. was put? So this was so. How did they get caught? Somebody, one of them, he thought was a customer, and it turned out it yeah. turned out it wasn't a wasn't a guy in there for drugs. He really just wanted a happy meal, yeah. and there was cocaine whoa, on his fries. Whoa, whoa, family show, family show. No, I, I'm serious. Like, how did this work? So th- these were like drug customers coming in, just regular customers, and they got a little. <laughs> he was, and he was just serving cocaine to regular customers. Yeah, yeah, right on Jesus. deck. Sounds like a good Friday night. Unbelievable. <laughs> Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Why all of a sudden do I feel like McDonald's? This is insane. So there is, uh, listen, it's it's how you get even, right? And, and we have the opportunity, all of us have the opportunity this weekend to get even with somebody that we do not like, all right? We do not like them in the world of sports. I'll explain who that is. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. You can always find us on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Wherever you are listening right now, we appreciate you doing so on all of our great Fox Sports Radio affiliates. Uh, Having some fun on a Black Friday. By the way, send in your your brawls. If you have any good Black Friday fights, uh, people uh, throwing down over a microwave or a, a toaster oven, or a uh, you know uh, the the brand new Nerf Turbo, whatever the case may be, uh, send those over to my Twitter account at the Jonas Knox, and let's get a uh, quick update on the coffee here at Fox Sports Radio. Still bad, still still bad. Just can't seem to get it together here at Fox Sports Radio. The coffee is still atrocious here. Uh, so just to uh, go uh, inquiring minds want to know what we are dining on here on a Black Friday. Okay, so Miami loses earlier to Pitt. So Miami goes down. They fall from the ranks of the undefeated. They uh, were number two in the country. Now they're going to drop out of the of the of the top four. the The prevailing wisdom is even if they they get to the ACC title game, if Miami beats Clemson, a lot of people feel like they're going to be in. Okay, and and I was surprised because I thought, okay, well, if Miami loses, you know, like that's a wrap. But the thing about Miami is that this actually, if you were going to lose, it's better for it to be this week as opposed to the ACC title game because you've got another game to make that one up. Like it's one of the things that Alabama does that I think is brilliant. And and a lot of people knock it and they go, oh, you know, Alabama does – they don't play anybody and Alabama hasn't played anybody. It's like the last three years, Alabama has scheduled Wisconsin, USC, and Florida State to open up the year. Those are all good programs. Those are all good non-conference games. Now, Florida State stinks, and so that doesn't help the cause this year. And so that sort of leads to the discussion of, well, Alabama hasn't played anybody – but Alabama still scheduled those, those games. But what Alabama does that's brilliant is not only do they schedule those games, they get paid a grip of money for it because it's at, at a neutral site location, so they don't have to go on the road. They get paid a bunch of money for it, and they play those games early in the year. So say Alabama does lose to one of these teams. They've got an entire season to make up that loss. 
So it's actually brilliantly done by Alabama. A lot of people focus so much on, well, Alabama played Mercer later in the year, as opposed to, yeah, but they played Florida State and Wisconsin and USC to start out the year. Yes, you can knock it and say, yeah, but it's not really a, a road game and it's neutral site and they're getting paid and it's the start of the year, and that's fine. But give them a little bit of credit because at least if they're going to lose, you get it out of the way and you've got time to make it up. So that's why when there was this state of panic over Miami losing earlier to Pitt, like even I fell victim to it in the moment thinking, okay, that's it. It's over. That's a wrap. And now that you take a step back, you look at it and you go, okay, well now Miami does have another opportunity to make up that loss. Like they do have another opportunity to do so. But if, if you, there's some, like people in sports, like there's certain people that no matter what, you don't like them, right? Like no matter what, you just dislike them. That's just the way it goes. And so the people in sports that at least somebody dislikes every single week, outside of myself, and that's a lot of people dislike me, but the people in sports that somebody dislikes every single week and somebody is pissed off at every single week are the college football playoff committee. Like, no matter what, you are pissing somebody off. Like, you are causing a sensitive college football fan to lose his mind just based on who you are saying is going to be the best team, all right? So if somebody's annoying you, what do you do? You want to try and get even, right? Like, you, you, you want to try and make their day a little bit harder. Like, there's traffic jams all over on Black Friday. Like, you ever been uh, stuck behind a driver who's just an a-hole? Just nod your head or, or, you know, honk your horn, whatever. Like, you're stuck on the road right now. Imagine the person in front of you is just an a-hole. Just a J-off. They're either driving too slow. You're trying to get around them. They speed up. Uh, they put their, you know, I mean, they're, they're just, they're just not, not nice. They're not good to be around on the road. And you get a little fed up with it. So what do you do? You get around them finally. You get in front of them, and you slam the brakes on. Or you slow go it. Drive 10 miles under the speed limit. Even throw on your windshield wipers so it splashes them behind you. That's a really fun move. Like, you want to get even, right? Because they made your day a little bit more difficult. They pissed you off. You want to try and get even. So you make their day a little chaotic. If you are pissed off or you are annoyed at anything the college football playoff committee has done over the last several weeks or the last several years, what you want is to make their life chaotic. What you want is to throw the windshield wipers on and splash them behind you. The only way that happens is if Alabama loses and Wisconsin loses and we have got a total state of chaos. Miami lost. If, if Wisconsin loses or Alabama loses, if Clemson loses, you need a combination of chaos to make their lives that much more difficult because it's easy for the committee. The committee already looks at this and goes, all right, uh, if this happens, this team's in. That's All right, we're done here. Everybody just hang out and uh, let's piss some people off. Why not? Screw it. But if everybody loses, like if it is chaos everywhere, now you've got all kinds of other discussions to be had. Now they've got to factor in two lost teams, one lost team, when'd you lose, who'd you lose to, non-conference schedule, strength of schedule, like all these other determining factors pop up for the committee. And it makes it more fun for all of us. Like, all, like whenever I come on the air here on Fox Sports Radio, all I want is something interesting to talk about. I am, I am never, ever, if you, if you tuned in to hear me break down a box score and tell you who's the leading rusher and who threw more interceptions, 
that'll never happen. That is boring to me, and I don't want to doze off during the show. Like, I don't want to doze off on the air. But give me interesting. And the most interesting thing you could have in, in college football, outside of Baker Mayfield grabbing his crotch again, the most interesting thing you could happen you could have happen in college football is total chaos, pandemonium. So you should want Auburn to beat Alabama. You should want all these things to happen. South Carolina to beat Clemson. Have all of this stuff happen, because even if you don't have a, a, a rooting interest, or even if you're just like, oh, it's a big deal, but really, who cares? At least make their jobs more difficult. Like somebody pisses you off on the road, make their jobs more difficult. You're, you're pulling into a, a parking spot and somebody parks over the line. You may not be able to park there, but you can at least make their job, their, their path to getting out of that parking lot more difficult. So you put shopping carts around their car. I've done it. It's great. Like if you're the call, if you, if you have any sort of gripe against the college football playoff committee, now's the chance. This weekend is the weekend. You've already seen one unbeaten team go down to Miami at Pittsburgh earlier. Like, if you want more chaos and you want to see this thing go go in, in 15 different directions and you want to make their jobs that much more difficult, you got to have some chaos, man. It, it, I think if, if that happens, the committee, their job has become so much more difficult because you have to factor in so many more things now. And then it sets up conference championship matchups, which, which turn into de facto uh, get into the playoff games. Like, it is... This is a this is a fun time. Miami losing was big because now the possibilities it opens things up for so many other teams, but it also makes it a lot more difficult for the playoff committee. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can always uh, listen to the show as well on uh, the iHeart Radio app. I was talking a little bit about uh, the Dak Prescott criticism earlier. Like so, now there's this, this state of uh, panic in Dallas where uh, Jerry Jones went and talked with the team. You know. Because everything's fine. You just wanted to, to let everybody know. Uh, just want to have a conversation. Like, that should tell you how bad things have gotten in Dallas. The fact that Jerry Jones is going in there postgame to have a conversation with his team, that ought to tell you where things are at for the Dallas Cowboys. But the idea that now everybody throws Dak Prescott under the bus and says, well, look what we got here. He's been exposed. This guy can't play quarterback. You're insane. Anybody who loses the best around them is probably going to suffer a little bit. Like, if, if I take away your knife and your fork, you could still eat. It's going to be a little bit more difficult, right? It's going to be harder. Dak Prescott lost the best player on offense in Ezekiel Elliott, and his offensive line is banged up. Dak Prescott's the third best player on that offense. He always has been. Number one was Ezekiel Elliott. Number two was the offensive line. And number three was Dak Prescott. Why is everyone surprised that he's struggling a little bit? It's not an indictment of him. It doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback. It just means the guy doesn't have as much to work with as he did the year before. The panic over this stuff. Like, (laughs) I don't know. And again, like I was saying earlier, I don't know if it's just the hate for the Dallas Cowboys or what, but come on, man. Like, everything's going to be fine. This doesn't expose Dak Prescott. He's just struggling now for a lot of reasons, most notably because the two best pieces of the offensive unit aren't there anymore. Uh, Again, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Coming up next, there's uh, there's NFL stories that don't make any sense to me. All right, These do, do not make any sense to me. There's a couple of situations that you're going to see play out that make no sense to me whatsoever. I'll tell you what that is next year on FSR. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. We will get to an NFL storyline that I don't. It doesn't really make much sense to me, 
and the and the more that I'm seeing some of it, the more it, it puzzles me why one thing is is happening and not another. It, it's just very bizarre stuff. So we will get to that here uh, coming up in just a minute. Uh, I do want to uh, do want to point this out. So I was talking about how if if the college football playoff committee has ever pissed you off, this is the weekend you want Alabama to lose or Wisconsin to lose. Like you want all this chaotic stuff to happen because it's going to make their jobs harder. You know, it's like somebody parks over the line uh, in a parking spot somewhere and you can't pull in because there's not enough room. You know, you wrap shopping carts around their car. They're going to make it difficult for you to park. You're going to make it difficult for them to leave. Like, like that's, in essence, what you hope happens to the college football playoff committee. If they've pissed you off, you want to make it to where their job is more difficult. And uh, Guy tweets in and says, pro tip, keep zip ties on you to tie shopping carts to people who suck at parking. David Gascon, our uh, national update anchor here. Your father spent a long time uh, in law enforcement. If you zip tie a shopping cart to someone, that's a crime, right? Yeah, it could be okay. a crime for the person tied to it because they're technically shoplifting. Um, let's go to another man who likes to get tied up. Gavin Kinzel, your thoughts? Uh, um, well, spe- speaking from experience... <laughs> This will All result right. in an arrest. All right, get it. Come on, get it together. I'm trying to do a professional broad. I don't need you guys taking us into the gutter anymore. This is ridiculous. All right, but you can uh, you can fire off more of those tweets at the Jonas Knox, and we are still accepting Black Friday fight videos. Uh, I'm into Racist. it. If it's listen, okay, it's not my. It's I didn't call it that. It's just what it is. Uh, Black Friday fights. We want videos of them. If they are good enough, I will do play by play on the air. I prefer to be called African American. Thank you. Okay. Well, listen, I mean. African-American uh, fights, fights, okay? Listen. All right. We, we, we'll, we will work on that. We'll see if we can get that changed. Uh, we will break yeah, down uh, other names that are considered uh, racially motivated and racist. That'll be coming up in hour four. Racist. Hour four of the program is when we'll get to all that stuff. Plus, we'll break down the NHL. Um, all right. So, there's a, there's a situation going on in football that, that, that is kind of puzzling to me, and I don't get it. And I wondered if this was going to be the case because I was waiting to see how the game would turn out. So you're watching the Giants and the Redskins on Thanksgiving night. And uh, the game was terrible. It was an awful football game. Uh, Teams were struggling to score points. You had turnovers. You had, I mean, there were just a few first down. Like, just a, a terrible performance all the way around. And the one narrative going into that game and that you've been hearing all throughout the year because things have gone so poorly is what's going to happen to Ben McAdoo? Like, is Ben McAdoo done in New York? Because the feeling there is, well, he's kind of lost the locker room. You've got a lot of drama, a lot of distractions. Oh, and by the way, the team stinks. And offensively, and he's supposed to be an offensive guy, they are atrocious. So the New York Post has uh, this information that they uh, that they put out on Friday, right? The New York Post, uh, this courtesy of, of the Post, that the Giants are last in the league in explosive plays, pass completions of 20 or more yards, and runs of 10 or more yards. They're 29th in yards per game and 31st in third down efficiency. I mean, they are, it, it's an atro, in the past 17 games. The Giants haven't scored more than 24 points in the past 17 games, and they haven't reached 30 points since the final game of the 2015 season. Like, 
like they're they're really bad, Re- like hi- almost historically bad as an offense. And so the conversation going on in New York is that at is that Ben McAdoo might lose his gig, that this could be so bad that he's out of here, right? And here's here's the part that that is puzzling to me, but I think I know why it is because it's I always have a feeling and I always have this belief that it's not really what happens sometimes it's where it happens so Adam Gase in Miami right he was brought in as an offensive guy and he's dealt with injuries he's dealt with all sorts of drama distractions uh whether it's a head coach doing blow or a white powdery substance if you want to call it that because we don't want to make accusations why don't we just go ahead and call it cocaine let's be adults here it's coke all right Guy wasn't snorting fun dip. Okay, you got an offensive line coach doing that off a desk on video right before going into a meeting. You've got issues at quarterback. You've got uh, uh, Ray Maluga showing up to a club at 8.20 in the morning and beating up somebody because he didn't want to pay his $40 bar tab on a Saturday in season in South Beach. Like, all of that stuff going on. So in Miami... You've got a guy who was brought in to be an offensive guru and a struggling football team. They've been also really, really bad on offense. Who's dealt with some injuries. Who's dealt with distractions off the field. But he's being given the benefit of the doubt because he took them to the playoffs last year. So a lot of people and the prevailing wisdom is that Adam Gase is safe in Miami because he brought them to the playoffs last year. So you sort of cut him some slack entering year three. Well, so did Ben McAdoo. The Giants were in the playoffs last year. Like, he's dealt with injuries. He's dealt with distractions. He's dealt with the same exact issues that Adam Gase has dealt with. Like, he's this, it's the same exact situation. So why is Ben McAdoo being talked about in fireable terms, but Adam Gase is going to be given a reprieve? Like, it's, it's, it's about where you are. If they were in reverse, like the same thing would happen. Like if Adam Gase was in New York, they'd be talking about him losing his job. Like that just goes to show you the difference between market size. Like when you think market size doesn't matter, you're crazy. Like th- like that's a perfect example. There's no difference between the two teams. They're this they're the same team. It's the same coaching situation that you're dealing with. But with Adam Gase, all your all that's being talked about is well, don't worry about it. Uh, uh, you know he's he took him to the playoffs last year, and everything's going to be fine. Like I I wouldn't sweat this stuff so much. Okay, well, it's, it, uh, so did Ben McAdoo. Like, just think about it. If that was any other market, Ben McAdoo's job wouldn't be on the line. Like he wouldn't be in jeopardy of losing his job. And the more that you see these numbers, and the more that this stuff comes out, the more it looks like he's going to get clipped. Yet Adam Gase is that's not being talked about. I mean, I still think there's maybe an outside possibility that Adam Gase does lose his gig, only if 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 the front office said, oh, I mean, this you know we can't have this. I mean, he'll be out of work for ten minutes. I mean, if Adam Gase loses his gig and John Fox, as expected, gets fired in Chicago, Ryan Pace, the GM there, will bring Adam Gase back in a heartbeat. Loves Adam Gase, like like that that will happen. But the idea that that Adam Gase is safe and Ben McAdoo isn't, if you just looked. At their situation, like, I mean, it's the same thing. 
like the, the New York fan base is crazy, man. Like like the media in New York, they just they chew you up and they spit you out. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Um, also, uh, as well as on on this stuff with the uh, college football stuff coming up. So, if you are a uh, now, I was saying this like you want chaos, right? You want all this stuff, the bad things to happen, and so on and so forth. Like, even if say everybody loses, like every top team in the country loses, all right, you've still got more opportunities to figure this thing out. Like, I still think there's the potential if Alabama is sitting at one and Alabama loses, uh, I, I, there's still, if a couple other things happen, I still think it's a possibility maybe Alabama sneaks in to the college football playoff. Um, I still think there's a possibility that Ohio State gets into the college football play. Like, there's there's a lot of things that could open up. Miami lost to Pitt earlier. Now, if Miami goes in and they beat Clemson in the ACC title game and Miami figures it all out and and, and, and Miami gets into the college football playoff, I think everybody with college football is going to be happy. I was talking with Pete Futek earlier in the show, and Pete was saying, well, I mean, they don't have that really that big of a fan base. It's like, yeah, they don't have that big of a fan base. I get it because it is, you know, it's, it's a small school and I understand all that. But from a national standpoint – the buzz that it would generate. That game a couple of weeks ago, Miami taking on Notre Dame, it was a huge game. I mean, that was that was the game of the weekend. Like, there was a lot of buzz from a national standpoint there. So I do think that if if you were to pull college football side and the powers that be aside and say, hey, who are you pulling for to make it into the college football playoff? Miami would be one of those teams. Like, it, it, it draws too much interest, and it takes too many people back to when, when college football was – you know, how it was 10, 15, 20 years ago for them not to want Miami in this game. So Miami losing is a bummer from that standpoint, but they've still got an opportunity to make it up should they beat Clemson. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. You can uh, listen to the show as well on the iHeartRadio app, and you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. Up next, we could see a surprise move, a surprise move coming up in the NFL. We'll tell you what that is here on Fox Sports Radio. But for all the latest right now from around the world of sports, Tom Brokaw, who's on the updates today? That's Commander David Gascon from yeah, the Los Angeles. Yeah, What's up, Gasman? Man, I'm I'm on it right now, but you're gonna be back on later on tonight too. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. man That's what I do? You just do not stop. I'm a horse from the waist up. What? You all right, Dave? Just trying to. Well, I, Gavin kind of turned down the lights <laughs> a little bit, and I was kind of curious why he was doing that. He's having a cigarette. <laughs> Lots of action today in college football. Stop smoking in studio, Gavin. Yeah, no kidding. Class it up a little bit. Missouri, uh, they were leading. Now they're trailing Arkansas 35-31. Two minutes to play in the third quarter there. Central Florida, they're 15th ranked in the nation, 10-0 on the year. They're at the half against South Florida. Anderson now in the backfield, and the give is to McKenzie. He'll keep it. Option, he gets to the 10. McKenzie now pitches out to Kellis. 5-4-2-1. Touchdown! Oh, razzle-dazzle Knights! Knights leading it right now, 21 to 20. Again, that game is at the half. San Diego State leading New Mexico, 21 to nothing. Rashad Penny just ripped off a 51-yard TD run. He's got 17 carries for 182 yards and two TDs in that ball game. I guess the highlight of the day, number two Miami, they go down. Pick it under center on fourth down. Fakes a handoff. He's going to run for the first oh. down. He's at the 15-10. He's at the five. Dive for the pylon, and the Panthers score a touchdown. Kenny Pickett faked out 11 players on the defense, an entire coaching staff 
and everybody in this stadium. Shocking. Number two, Miami undefeated no more. They get beat by Pitt 24-14. In the NFL, Ty Montgomery is listed as doubtful for the Green Bay Packers. Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski, that is, has been removed from the injury report for Week 12. Martellus Bennett, he's listed as doubtful for the New England Patriots. And Julio Jones wasn't listed on the Falcons' uh, injury report for this week, so it's a good sign for him. Ankle and knee problems all season long. Jacoby Brissett not listed on the team's injury report. He went through concussion protocol earlier this week. but looks to be okay as they take on the Tennessee Titans. Thanks, Dave. You bet. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Howard Balzer is an NFL insider for BalzerFootball.com with us now here on FSR. Howard, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Hey, it's a great being with you. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Um, I, I'm I'm curious on this though because I want to start just moving. And I was talking a little bit about this before. So the the talk in New York is it's been so bad this year that maybe this is this is it for Ben McAdoo that he's going to be gone at the end of the season. If if the situations are are very similar between Adam Gase and Ben McAdoo, why is McAdoo's job on the line? But people are willing to give Gase a third year. <laughs> well. Who, who, you know, I mean, I don't know what, I, I guess the whole comment, people are willing to give someone a third year right? <laughs> and, and with, with Gase. And we all love to talk about firing people. I guess that's part of the, you know, part, part of the whole media landscape. But, you know, the big difference is, I mean, at least the, at least the Dolphins have won, you know, a few games and uh, what double what the Giants have, you know, the Giants have won two, but, but I, I think it's ridiculous to be talking about firing either coach. I do too. But that, but, but that, that's that's the way it is in this league where there, there there's virtually no patience. And I, I always laugh. I mean, and here's this week where the Broncos fired an offensive coordinator, the Raiders fired a defensive <laughs> coordinator. And what's interesting about that is the Raiders had one of the best offenses in the league last year. And yet they fired their offensive coordinator, Bill Musgrave, after the season. And we see how that's worked for the Raiders as they're now ranked, I think, 20th or 21st in offense. And oddly enough, Musgrave is now the offensive coordinator of the Broncos, taking off for the fired Mike McCoy. But, you know, there always has to be a scapegoat. And unfortunately, I think many, many who watch, and this includes owners, because owners are owners listen to what everybody's saying. Most of, most of the time, we all should be able to see with our eyes what hap- what is happening with teams and yet that that rarely happens and so the coach always gets blamed and so then fans are in an uproar everybody's going crazy so the owner believes okay we've got to change the coach just to calm everybody down and all you end up doing a lot of times is you know taking taking steps backward and what's interesting about Gase and McAdoo is that you know both did very good in their first years as head coach, did they suddenly get dumb after right. one year and suddenly they're not good head coaches anymore? But, you know, circumstances happen, things occur with teams, and in this league it's hard to win football games, and so you lose some close ones. I mean, I, I actually I, I hear people in Dallas saying that Jason Garrett uh, should be in trouble, which is, which is absolutely uh, ludicrous. I mean, heck, <laughs> you, they've now playing without – one of the best players in the National Football League, in Ezekiel Elliott, and yet everybody wants to blame this on somebody else. I mean, to me, it's just absolutely crazy 
but I'm, I've, I've grown accustomed to seeing the insanity because it happens every year. Right. Uh, he is a Howard Balzer, NFL insider, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox with you. Um, the stuff in Denver, and, and, and like you bring up the point of like these guys all of a sudden get dumb talking about Gase and, and McAdoo. Same thing with Mike McCoy. Like all, Mike McCoy made Tim Tebow a quality quarterback in the NFL for the time that he was there. Like Mike McCoy didn't just forget how to coach, but you, you fire the offensive coordinator – and then you make a quarterback change. How much is of this is is pressure from Elway, and how much of this is Vance Joseph is just trying to figure this out on the fly? Well, it's probably a combination of both. And uh, you know, certainly when when you bring in a new coordinator, let, let's all let's all think back to what happened in 2015 when Kyle Shanahan came to the Falcons uh, as the offensive coordinator, and so everybody had to learn a new system. And of course, he was dealing with a team that had. Uh, you know, Kirk, I, I mean, uh, Matt Ryan, a quarterback, had Julio Jones, and they got off to a good start, and they ended up going 8-8. Eight and eight. And Ryan threw, I forget the number, I think it was like 20 or 21 interceptions. It takes, especially with an, uh, when you change the offensive system, normally it doesn't happen overnight that everybody is comfortable with it, especially the quarterback and, 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 the, key, and the key players. And what do we see the Falcons do last year with, with that you know, with all of a sudden being comfortable in the second year with Kyle Shanahan, one of the best offenses in the last several decades in the NFL. Then this year, look look at the Falcons, pretty much same same talent, and they they struggled offensively. They're starting to find their way now a little bit. It looks like, but you know they certainly weren't playing this year like they did last year, and it's a new offensive coordinator. And so those are the things that teams have to look at. But like you said, I think that. I, whether it's a first year, it doesn't matter if it's a first year head coach, fifth year head coach, whatever it is, you feel when things aren't going well, oh, we've got to change something because that is going to make a difference. Well, in the NFL, you don't change much. You can't change much in midstream. You're not going to change schemes. You're not going to change offenses. You know, maybe, maybe the, <clears throat> the play calling gets tweaked a little bit. But for the most part, there's a lot of other reasons why things happen. A lot of times it traces to offensive line play. But no one wants to look at all that. Right. You know, all they want to do is blame it on the head coach or blame it on the quarterback or blame it on an assistant coach. Yeah, and that's the, like I was talking about this earlier. Dak Prescott, all of a sudden there's this talk out there that, oh, he's been exposed for the quarterback he is. Yeah. First of all, the, <laughs> the two best players on offense for the Cowboys are Ezekiel Elliott and their offensive line. Ezekiel Elliott is gone, and their offensive line has been banged up. Like, what did you expect from him? Like, I don't... It, 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 Right, exactly. And now, like you said, with Elliott gone, and people, I don't know if you remember all this, but I was, I was thinking of this last night because I, I, I read a story in the, in, in, the, in the Dallas Morning News where the saying, just like you did, oh, boy, Dak Prescott had to step up and put this team on his shoulders. Hey, he's in his second season. Like, oh, man. And, 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 and so I saw that, and, I, and I, I started thinking back to 1993 when the Cowboys had already won Super Bowls, and they had Troy Aikman, they had Michael Irvin, they had all these great players, and Emmett Smith held out for the first two games of the season. And the Cowboys lost them right. both. Yep. They lost them both, and they had six turnovers in the first two games. And then Jerry Jones figured, hey, you know what? Maybe i got to find a way to get Emmett back here. And they did. And they then went on to win their next five in a row, lost a couple, and then won their last seven in a row and went on to the Super Bowl. But people have short memories, including probably Jerry Jones. Uh, for that matter. But like you said with Prescott, the, the offensive line's banged up. Tyron Smith comes back yesterday, and he, it was better than the guys who were playing, but he still wasn't 100%. Then they lose Zach Martin 
during the game. And the other thing people forget is that the Cowboys started this season without two starters from their offensive line from last year. Yep. The, uh, the right tackle Doug Free retired, and, and Ronald Leary, starting guard, left in free agency. Well, when you make changes like that, two guys change on one of the best lines in football, unless you have great players to replace them. This whole next man up you know, thing, mantra that everybody says, is one of the biggest crocks in sports. You know, once a, yeah, sometimes a guy does step up and play as well as the starter. But there's reason. There's a reason that the guys behind the starters are backups. There's a reason for that. Yeah. And most of the times because they're not, they're not as good as the starters. And if you lose too many of them, it's going to affect you. But no one, the coaches can never admit it because then everybody starts screaming, oh, you're making excuses. Well, no, it's not an excuse. It's reality. Uh, you can get his stuff on BalzerFootball.com. Howard Balzer, NFL Insider. Thanks so much for the time, Howard. Appreciate it. That was fun. Let's do it again soon. Anytime, man. Take care. Enjoyed it. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. You can get him on Twitter at HBalzer721. Uh, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, there is some some really important stuff in the world of sports that needs to be discussed. All right, It has to happen, and it has to happen next. Don't go anywhere. Next here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up in uh, just a couple of minutes, we are going to have an edition of The Scraps. If you've never heard it before, it is Can't Miss Radio Gold. Probably not, but uh, it's pretty good anyways. You stick around yeah, here, we'll get it for you in a couple of minutes from now. Uh, by the way, I want to update the huge, huge news on the day. Huge news going on right now as the Winnipeg Jets lead the Ducks 3-1 to in the second period. Who cares, man? This yeah. Gavin, I know you like the Anaheim Ducks. I know, man, yeah. but this is like I don't I don't need no, to be tough put one. through this. I know, I know, I know. It's uh, right. hope to bounce back tomorrow. Uh, Miami, the number two ranked team in the country, went down earlier to Pitt, so uh, now it sets up all sorts of fun stuff this weekend in college football. Busy college football weekend. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, obviously the big game, uh, and a game that I think, and I kind of threw this out there. I think if Jim Harbaugh wins this one. I, I think there. I think he could look at that as almost like his national championship. There are a lot of real threats out there in the NFL. A lot of a lot of good opportunities that could be available. So who knows? This could be the uh, the final run for Harbaugh at Michigan. Uh, should uh, Michigan pull it out? Uh, I do want to thank the crew here before we get going. I'll be back on the air by the way at midnight Pacific time, three a.m. Eastern time for a three-hour weekend overnight extravaganza. I know you'll be listening. Uh, and by you, I, I, that's that's hoping you'll be listening. Uh, if you're not uh, too hammered, hungover, or uh, busy with family and uh, and shopping, uh, check it out. We'll be back here uh, coming up in like nine hours from now here on Fox Sports Radio. And it's weekend overnight, so that means things are going to get awesome and possibly violent. You never know. Uh, I do want to thank uh, Ryan, our technical producer, Gavin Kinzel, executive producer, and the man on the national updates, David Gascon, who is here for a little something we call this. That's Commander David Gaston from Jonas, the Los Angeles Police Department. How could you not get to these stories? <laughs> you moron. These are the scraps. All right, Dave. What did I miss? What the hell did I miss, Gas Man? Man, you missed. Uh, you didn't miss a lot. I will say you missed some things. And interesting notes that you're talking about with the National Football League, yeah. Washington Redskins, New York Giants, whatever it may be. Not a lot of chatter about the New England Patriots, but Chris Hogan hoping to make his return to the lineup. He's going to be out of action this weekend, so he's ruled out for Week 12. 
His teammate, though, Martellus Bennett, he is listed as doubtful, so it could be just Rob Gronkowski this weekend. He'd be the only listed tight end in that lineup available for Tom Brady and company. Ty Montgomery listed as doubtful for Week 12 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And speaking of Pittsburgh, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's going to be out of this ballgame for precautionary reasons. Pittsburgh taking their time right now as they've looked pretty comfortable in the AFC North Division. <laughs> that ought to tell you how bad Green Bay is. The Pittsburgh's <laughs> like, you know what, why don't we just sit this one out, Juju? Like, why not? Like, I'm surprised Roethlisberger's playing. Why don't they just bring back Bubby Brister and throw him out oh, there? Oh, my God. What an excellent. <laughs> exhibition game good god man by the way anybody find it a little ironic that they didn't flex out the rams game huh wonder why no one want to be in that place at nighttime kevlar anybody oh come on dave what what you're an la native well you're not really an la native you're you're part of the uh ventura county yeah uh, 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 what they call the hate 05 dave all right Jesus. Your homeboy, uh, Jay Cutler, he's not playing this weekend. Hear about that? Uh, yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah. Uh, listen, he's a, he's a dear friend of mine. I support Jay Cutler. He's a good person, and I don't think that anybody <laughs> should be insulting to Jay Cutler. All the people out there that go, my God, he's such a miserable guy. Nobody wants to play with him. Doing something right. The guy's got over $100 million in the bank, and he's no got kidding. a smoke show wife. Mm. So, I mean, what are we talking about mm, here? Mm, mm, man, he gets it done. Well, not playing this weekend, <laughs> concussions, so he is out against the New England Patriots. Curious on what that line will be come Sunday. Will Fuller, the Houston Texans, he didn't play last weekend, and now he's not expected to play this weekend against the Baltimore Ravens. He's got broken ribs, so stay tuned on all of that. And speaking of which, on the other side of the field, DeAndre Hopkins was limited in practice today. He's got a foot injury, so we'll see if he's available this weekend against the Ravens as well. Down in Jacksonville, Jalen Ramsey, he's listed as questionable for the Jaguars when they take on the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if they would need a DB in a ball game like that. He, he, I think he said that he was going to be out. Like, he said he was going to be out. That he jammed his hand or something? Yeah. Like, didn't Pee Wee Herman do that one time outside of theater? Yeah, uh, that's Gavin Kinsel. Oh. K-I-N-S-E-L. Yeah, yeah Jalen Ramsey jammed his hand. I didn't know he was a Charger security guy. Well, I, you know, part-time, you know, yeah. moonlighting a little bit. Um, one <laughs> other note in the National Football League, Rashard Matthews actually popped up as questionable today on the injury report against the Indianapolis Colts. He's got a hamstring issue, so stay tuned on all of that as well. In college football, you alluded to it earlier, number two Miami, they go down to Pitt, which was four and seven on the air, and they get beat. 24 to 14. Yeah. So they will take on number three Clemson in the ACC championship game, but that's not until December 2nd. So something to think about between now yeah. and then. It's fun stuff at the Palmetto Bowl. How about Clemson, oh, South God. Carolina, baby? Oh. Yeah. Hey, did you ever figure out what the Egg Bowl was? Oh, I don't even remember. Oh, like, I, I asked the question. I, I think it was some uh, sports writer. We were talking about this uh, on Fox Sports Radio last night that we were trying to figure out why they called it the Egg Bowl. <laughs> and, I, and I think I think we we found we did some research and we found out that like a sports writer said they're not playing for anything. Why don't they play for an egg or something? And that's why it was called the Egg Bowl. So you see a wide receiver did, by the for way, Ole Miss by the urinate. Way, did, yeah. Did any? Did any? Okay. Yeah. Did any? I'll leave that alone. Did anybody see the ankle injury from that quarterback oh. in that game? Oh yeah. Oh, my God. Gordon Hayward has nothing on him. Like, it looked like he had a windsock on. (laughs) (laughs) It was unbelievable, man. Oh, Oh, that was brutal. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) 
Shout out Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, uh, that's not nice, Dave. Sorry. Again, this is neg- negative energy from David Gascon. Just trying to get uh, you prepped for tonight. Uh, what, what else, Dave? We got any other <laughs> stories? I know you like to throw in one of these uh, gutter stories. I know those are really, really fun for you. You got anything else? You or? know what? Uh, I like my job. And because okay. of that, I'm going to wow. keep myself tame for the day. Wow, what a good person. Yeah. I, Dave has done it, folks. That's code for it's it's daytime out and the street lights aren't on because if this was in reverse and we were doing this on my show coming up later on a weekend overnights, Dave has nearly gotten us fired four times. Well, maybe. And and all I do, speaking of eggs, is egg it on because I think it's funny. <laughs> so, whatever. Well, anybody hear about Oscar Pistorius? Well, yeah, he got a sentence <laughs> yeah, uh, pushed, that, right? How's that for a Black Friday deal? We're going to go ahead and double up that sentence you got, pal. <laughs> A little spring in a step. What a scumbag that guy is. Man. Oh, well, come on, Dave. A little spring in a step. What's that supposed to mean? Why? You know, I just. Jesus. (laughs) You act like like the guy's a pogo stick. All right. That's just um, you, right? Yeah. Malibu's most wanted. I wish. In the right lighting. Uh, All right. Uh, Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, You can always, uh, as well, listen to the show on the uh, iHeartRadio app. Um,. Listen, Chip Kelly, there's been no announcement, right? They, they have not confirmed whether or not Chip Kelly will indeed be the next head coach at UCLA. But what we think we know, according to Pat Forty of Yahoo, is that Chip Kelly has turned, is that Florida has, has walked away from the Chip Kelly sweepstakes. Now, I don't know if that's financial. Uh, I don't know what the situation is there for Florida, but they have decided to move on and move away from Chip Kelly. If you're a UCLA fan, this is a home run, all right? Like, I was saying this earlier, like, there, there, there's UCLA fans out there, and I'm seeing this go around on Twitter and social media, that there's some out there saying, well, I don't know if I want Chip Kelly as my head coach. Are you crazy? You're a four. That guy's a nine. You don't turn nines down if you're a four, all right? If you've got an opportunity to hit a home run like Chip Kelly, you got to cash in. And, and I think that that's going to make the program more exciting. The football's going to be more exciting. If I'm a UCLA fan, I am stoked about the possibility of uh, Chip Kelly. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. It's been fun. We'll be back later on. Thanks. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.